You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 101, One Rouge Rogue, featuring the secret origin of the Savage Fincast. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that's like a sneeze you kept catching your nose. My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. And I welcome you all to our 101st... Shoot, how's that go? 101st episode. Fincast? <laughs> no, like, like when you want to say it's your first issue, but... All say, new, all exciting. All, all new, all exciting, 101st episode. Like uh, Dalmatians, baby. <laughs> 101, beginner. Not, not like those sequels, though. No, 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 no. Creepy. It's creepy CG dogs. I don't like it. <laughs> um, and sequels? I had no idea. Oh, yeah, there's absolutely 102 Dalmatians. Ugh. 102. And, yeah, don't you love that as too, a clever name in the scheme? <laughs> 102, brr. So good. Uh, so we had a lot of outpouring of of well wishes for our hundredth episode. We all appreciate that. Uh, but uh, we also realized that we did spend all of last episode talking about our friends and former co-hosts, but we didn't talk much about ourselves. And uh, isn't that all the? Isn't that what's really important? Yeah, really. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, that's why I do this show to stoke my ego. Right. to talk about myself just that nugget of celebrity hmm so good you know i was reminiscing on twitter today that the co- mm-hmm. that the coolest part about my job is that i get to talk to eric larson two or three times a year which but it does make me cooler than most of you this is a job now oh yeah but i uh, like all the tail <laughs> not gonna lie it's like a Raven, I, I could believe you could have gotten tail from this from this gig. <laughs> I believe it's possible. Not, not me, dude. Not probable, but possible. Uh, it's so fun. Um, jokes aside, bros, uh, go ahead and emote. Like I want, you know what? All right, hold on. Actually, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> this is what I wanted to say. Um, you know, as as the young blood of us three of this treacherous trio. I have to say, I wanted to ask you, fine gentlemen. You know, you've truly, you truly are the progenitor. You know, progenitor. You started this shit. You, you were there, ground zero, the nucleus. I say, if you strip away all the Nick Justices and the Raven Perezes and the Adam Pruitts and the Scott Jameses and whoever else, uh, <laughs> like I did that. I'm sorry, but like you know, it's really it's Jim and Craig. There's your rocks. It's your standbys, dude. 
How do you find gentlemen feel with a hundred fin casts in your past? What's that feel like, dude? Because in a lot of ways, like I said, I've been on a lot of shows, but man, I've not been on all of them. You guys are like the rock. What's that? What are your feelings? Did you ever imagine that you would be standing on this precipice, <laughs> looking back at your achievements, the I, journey I, behind you? I had no reason to think that this would be going on at the nine-year mark still. I mean, I enjoy doing it, but I just, who would have thought? I mean, yeah, I don't know if you felt that, Jim, but... Um, I mean, when I created the show, mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to succeed or fail, to be honest. I figured it would be what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, either, either the show would work or it wouldn't like, it's like, important too the, 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 the roots of it, um, which came first, Jim, was it the thread on the forum where just a bunch of passionate dragon fans got together and were like what are some things we can do to well, help I, like I, I guess I can give you the history because yeah, it, it, that, that ties into it but it's not yeah. only that I wanted to do a Savage Dragon fanzine Super Freaks yeah. Super Freaks I called it Super Freaks because I thought that was a clever name um, it is actually so what I wanted to do was to basically create a fanzine where people could like make like fan articles or fan comics or like fan bios mm-hmm. uh, I was it was I was inspired by the fanzines that I see over in the UK for 2000 AD shocker of shock uh, there's a <laughs> there's a couple of fanzines out there for both 2000 AD itself Judge Dredd itself and Strodium Dog itself a, mm-hmm. Strodium Dog is like the number two comic from 2000 AD and those sure. those were all going back 10 years ago and they're still right. going on now uh, the fanzine community over there. So I wanted to do the fanzine. So I, try, I, I, I tried to get a little bit of interest on that, but it was clear I wasn't going to get any traction on that. It wasn't going to work. Right. Uh, I think Adam was vaguely interested, but Adam's one guy. Right. Um, you need a lot of labor. A lot of labor, fanzine. a lot of love. Um, yep. And uh, it, it didn't seem to go anywhere. So then the what can we do to promote Savage Dragon Thread popped up. Right, and we were talking on the about, old image forums. On the old image forums, yep. Uh, and we were talking about stuff like infographics mm-hmm. and just reviews and other other things. And I said podcast, and so I <laughs> sent out the call to various names I saw posting on the forum barely often. So I went straight to Craig and Nick because I saw right. their names pop up the most. Sure, um, and they said yes to a demo to a test. Uh, after that, Nick's. I think Nick just didn't have time because he was at the time he was still doing. He was he was doing a bunch of other other work, comic work. Right. He was just too busy. So I got Adam, who was another name I saw popping up all the time. Absolutely, yeah. super active. And when Adam had to bow out, Raven, I believe we had we had we had been talking like we had a repartee at that point, and I said, okay, Raven's next guy on the list. I always made sure, here's the thing, I can tell you this as a, uh, like, my perspective, as somebody who was just, like, a, po- a forum poster. Um, I was always just fucking thrilled, dude, that you guys were doing the FinCast. And if you remember, I would post, I would be like, thank you for enhancing my Savage Dragon reading experience. Because the thing was, is that, as I had started reading Savage Dragon, um, 
you know, those forums, they were cool and all, but a lot of Savage Dragon fans are just so, like, fucking, they've been there, like, just everybody had, like, nicknames and, like, just knew each other from Brotherhood of the Finn. Right, right. A lot, a lot of the time, like, I just felt like an outsider a lot. And so, like, I would just haunt and I'd lurk, but I wouldn't, like, super get involved or whatever, you know, because I kind of could, like, I could just tell, like, these were just a bunch of bros that just knew each other, you know. And I want to get in there and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> yeah, this is funny, that thing you said that I don't get, but, you know, just, like, force my way in. So, that, it was that, cool. That's the best way to get in. I mean, it's the worst. But, like, everyone hates that guy. But, like, the thing is, is that the the cool thing about the FinCast, as, like, just an outsider, was that it created a space where I didn't feel like an outsider just listening to you guys just talk about the latest issue. And you know how it is with a podcast. You just keep listening and you keep listening. And then you have this weird sort of, like, uh, kinship yeah, with the people it feels like you have podcast. friends. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and it's not just the FinCast. I mean, it's like, if you listen to any podcast long enough, you'll have that weird feeling like you're just checking up on some old bros. Right. And yeah, you're listening into a conversation, you know, on a you know, and, and that, and, basis and, or whatever it is. And that, yeah. Raven, is why I watch Let's Plays. Yeah. No, I get it, dude. Um, I, I used to be a Let's Play hater, and I, I've turned the corner on it because I get it. It you do have that, so it was. I was thankful because you guys were kind of like the work you were doing. I super appreciated because, um, you know, I didn't have any. I had like some coworkers, and they would read my copy of Dragon, right? And they always would love it, and they'd be like, "Oh, it's so cool!" But like you guys were like fucking finheads. You fucking knew your shit, like you and Craig just dropping references. Oh, this was from that, and this was from that, and of course. My coworkers, they like Dragon, but they didn't have the, like, frame of reference for anything. They were just new and, and, like, getting it like me. So you guys were, like, really, truly, like, a living, breathing Wikipedia. It was really just, it was more fun. So that was my, like, outsider perspective. I was like, oh, man, this is fucking awesome. So, yeah, very cool. I'm pretty sure I picked you because Adam had comic experience, and I thought we needed another comic experience person. A creator, <laughs> creator perspective. I tried to bring that to it, and I think, though, like even through the years as we've been doing these, I mean, I probably talk to you guys more than most of my like childhood friends at this point, just because we talk like all the time, whether it's shooting, you know, messages back and forth about Savage Dragon or other things. At this point now, because we've become pretty good friends, or just at least, you know, we talk for, you know three to four to five hours every other week, whether right. it's three hours here and two hours in prep time or after the show. Um, so I talk to you got two guys more than like most of my friends at this point, or probably more, not even like a thought in that. Same outside dude. my family, you know, basically <laughs> sure. It's yeah. pretty crazy. Um, going on, you know, nine years now. So, uh, just, making the friendships through this. I mean, it's funny too, the internet. I mean, you know, Raven, you've met both of us separately. I've never met Jim in person. Um, but yet we talk, you know, constantly. And yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's kind of a, a weird, a weird dynamic, but, but cool in its own way. It's funny. Cause like, uh, 
you know, even like I'll see some dumb shit and I'll be like, oh, I got to tag, you know, Craig in that. Or I'll see some dumb shit and I'll be like, oh, Jim's got to see this, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it is. It's 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 funny how that works. <laughs> it's just mind blowing to me that it's been nine years. Like nine years is a long time, but it's not. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I look back at issues of Savage Dragon 10, 15 years ago and it feels like yesterday, you know. Think about this, dude. If if a kid was started kindergarten, and like as we started the show, he would be like, you know, a freshman in high school. <laughs> well, you don't have to tell me, man. My daughter just turned ten. She was, you know, a baby when we started. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's wild. It's wild as hell, dude. It's cool, though. I, I really enjoy doing these because it brings a whole new level of appreciation to uh, a single-issue comic that you can sit there and pretty much talk for three hours about a single issue. For most people, a single comic maybe takes 15 minutes of their life, and they just toss it. Right. But to treat it like a work of art and, and, and really delve into it and and just really kind of discuss what we're looking at what we're reading what we're seeing it's it's really fun you know and it's it's not boring to me like you know there's so many podcasts that are all the same you know yeah do we need another comic book news podcast or right whatever it is you know like uh, or anything like that you know music review podcast i mean to do this is it's a real niche but it's also some it's a comic book i love it's a comic book that you know lasts forever you know it seems like in the world of comics what other comic book could you do a podcast on for nine years without it rebooting or getting canceled or you know unless it's you know maybe something from dc or marvel but even those seem to get rebooted i mean i'm on a legion podcast and we're dealing with the fourth reboot fifth fifth reboot just this year so, wow. I, I mean, the podcast is continuous, but we've been dealing with this for a while. Yeah. It's just fun to see someone's vision over these past nine years yes. and how it's evolved and, and, and changed. And uh, I believe the first issue we covered was issue 175, mm-hmm. which, was, right. which was yeah. freaking nuts when you go back and think <laughs> about um, what, what, we, what we actually covered all the way back then, um, because it wasn't just 70, uh, 175. I believe we also were covering like a next issue project issue. Yep. Supreme. Uh, cra- Cracked Comics. Well, what had come out was the extreme preview showing the previewing Eric's Supreme. Yeah. And all, right. and also the Vanguard backup was going on. It was a really exciting time for Savage Dragon. Think about like this show has like been going during two different presidencies. The entirety. The entirety of two different presidencies. <laughs> Like, what the hell, dude? It's nuts. Yeah. In our second episode, when did we start covering Supreme proper? I can't remember. All I know is it was going on at the time. Crazy. Yeah. And it doesn't seem that long ago, really, to me, but 10 years is a long time. Almost 10 years, you know. it's, It's wild. But I've had a lot of fun. It's been cool. You know, we've tried different things since then. We've had, like, the Facebook page. Like, we've kind of seen the demise of the, the image boards and the rise of yeah, that the Facebook page. That was unfortunate when the image boards got yeah. nuked. Yeah. Uh, especially because it was pretty um, 
unexpected. The Rise of Walking Dead? Uh, no, that was, well, I guess once the TV show happened. Yeah, the, like, really that's what it means. Like, the graduation. Of course, by, yeah. by, tw- by 2012, Walking Dead was old hat for the most for us. Sure, sure. Think about this. I want you to think about this. Um, when we started, uh, when you guys started the FinCast, you said 175, so that would have been like 2011. Uh, PlayStation 3 was just two years old. <laughs> and we're getting ready to have PlayStation 5 in a few weeks. <laughs> we're that old. Yeah, dude. We went from three to five. <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. Um, well, we've had a lot of fun guests too. I, you know, we got to mention our guests that, that we've had over the years. That, I mean, we started out the gate almost with guys like Josh Eichhorn and Michelle Fife and. Uh, uh, well, we got Gary and we got Frank and we got. Um, Joe Keating. Keating was on, that's right, because he was doing the funnies. Of course, Eric's been on very regularly since. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's also been the fun part of doing these is getting to talk to the creators and actually making friends with them, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, how Eric has been just so open and, and available to us to come on and for us to just pester him with questions and stuff like that. And he, he doesn't mind. It's it's pretty awesome. I mean, Not only does he not mind – he would absolutely be on way more. Right. Like he right. said, he's like, dudes, just have me on as much yeah. as you want. And, like, and cool. I know a, a lot of listeners are for that, but at the same time, I feel like if we have him on too much, you run out of question. You don't, you know what I mean? It's like, well, sure. It's like you, it's not so special or you just run out of questions at times. And I'd rather have a good solid two hours of decent questions than, you know, Every two weeks, only you know, be able to come up with ten minutes worth of, of decent questions. Right, right. No, I, I like the approach that uh, that you guys take. I, I like the way it's sort of like you know, say save it, save it for the main event kind of a feeling. Yeah, um, yeah. so you guys, you know, again, you you never would have thought it would have come this long. Uh, I never, I literally didn't have any expectations. Uh-huh. Uh, I am surprised it has gone this long, but I'm also not surprised it has also gone this long. I mean, I briefly flirted with ending the show. Uh, Whoa. There was a brief period where I wasn't feeling it. What? Whoa, news break. Breaking news. I mean, it, it wasn't anything I discussed. It was just one of those things uh-huh. that one of the days I'd go, guys, I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. Would even be funnier. <laughs> no, it wasn't you guys. I mean, I would have probably given you the option to keep the show going. Because you know, especially Craig, because it's basically yours. Uh, I would have just went under a different name, like the Favage Syncast. Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, tell, talk a little bit about that. Well, there's nothing. Sh- there's nothing to it. It's not nothing specific. It was just I was right. kind of in a malaise. Um, about what time? <laughs> what time frame? Like issue wise? If uh, do you recall? I can't even recall that. It was like five years ago. I I, years I ago. will say it was probably around the time Craig was having his kid and wasn't on as much. Oh sure, it's nothing to say. It was it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a little bumpy at the time. We were having a lot of duo episodes when we couldn't yeah. have Zach on, and oh, I yeah. wasn't really digging the duo nature. I just didn't think it worked as well. Okay, but it, it, once Zach came on regularly and Craig came back, it all it all stabilized again. Yeah, okay. our schedules are. I think I think things got better for us when we implemented the every two week schedule. Yes, the the, the last feels... the last year we have been trying for the every two week schedule, and I think talking 
Because that was the other thing. We were having scheduling conflicts, getting things done just monthly. We'd go right. th- we, a few times. We'd go three months without an episode, uh, right. just because our schedules couldn't click. Really, I don't remember. That's crazy. Well, though. maybe not. Maybe that's an exaggeration. But no, it, it, it felt like right, it felt like, like it at least. And of course, sometimes Dragon would be late, and that would compound the problem. Right. Um, sometimes there'd just be slim years, you know. Yeah, I think we solved that by doing those retros. Yes, too. the retros have filled the gap, as it were. Big time. We, Big uh, time. We do need to record some more of those in the near very a, near future. A brilliant um, addition, the retros, and fun, dude. I, can I just say, um, uh, I want to thank you guys here as part of this section. Um, when I started Savage Dragon, I was like just a main series purist. I didn't want to read any spinoffs. I didn't want to look at them. I didn't give a shit about them. Like people would be like, "Hey, man, check out um, Tim Seeley, uh, Love Bunny, and Mister Hell. Look, dragons in the cover." I'd be like, "You can skip that one." I'd be like, "Get that out of my face! Get that out of my face! I don't want to see that, that shallow <laughs> cash grab. Get that corporate nonsense out of my way." He, he, like the way Tim Seeley did it, and it's funny now. I can laugh at it, but when I, I remember my shitty attitude, I saw like he's got it like photoshopped, like dragon is taped on. Yeah, and, yeah, and and I was like. Pfft. I looked at that guy, I said, I don't, he said, <laughs> like, I could tell he was really rude. My comment guy's like, uh, I just thought you'd kind of like it because you seem like a dragon fan. I said, Pfft. I said, I don't care about that. <laughs> I said, if Larson. So. That's like the worst one to pick Raven to be like, I should have been reading the spinoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, was dragon even in that issue? Um, yeah. yeah. In a small capacity, but not enough. You know, it was a love bunny and Mr. Hell thing. As long as you stick to the, the highbrow ones. Well, I could do without all the special. Uh, I don't know. Companies. I mean, there's a few like I, I really like that uh, Nancy and Hell crossover issue. Yeah, love that. That one, was dude. a good. Yeah, that one was good. Yeah, but also yeah. too like um, just most recently with Turtles. Like I would have never read that on my own, guys. You yeah, brought... but that was a that was a highbrow one. That was under Eric's supervision. Which one? The the image the turtles. Urban oh yes, technically that was yeah that was like freak force. It was under the the highbrow umbrella. I just I get feel what like you're saying though. I've I, crossed I paths with so many cool things that I wouldn't yeah. have. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think definitely like for even for new if if you're listening and you're just getting into dragon again, uh, a lot of people seem to be doing that these days or getting back into it. And you never read like freak force or super patriot or uh, well you, deadly you, duo. You can't is the big problem. Right. Well, you can go. You can get them on eBay or or whatever. What do you What do you say? I'm not. I'm sure saying they're out of print. They they. Kind oh yeah, yeah. Of, it would be great if they were. And, you can find them, big time. Raven, you just bought the whole Freak Force series. Everything. Right? Yeah, all in one store. But I, they're, I, they're very important to the story of Savage Dragon. Uh, in the long when you read it, that it, it fills in so many gaps that are missing that you don't get from just the regular series and i didn't have an appreciation for that and now i absolutely do like the the retros um brought that appreciation to all that work that is awesome like i'm reading it and i'm like i fucking love this stuff dude and uh yeah i just wouldn't without the fincast i just wouldn't it's a whole part of my savage dragon experience that i just wouldn't have had yeah yeah that's cool very, I think there's I, quite a few people that have said that to us on, on the boards and stuff like that. I appreciate it. I really do, yeah. Because it's so much cooler to have that perspective. And, like, again, talking with you guys. Like, I could have just read Turtles on my own one-day board. 
but like talking with you guys as we read those issues. And I recommend, again, like Craig said, if you're a new listener or you're just getting back into like Dragon and you decide, hey, you know, I might look at Urban Legends. I had no idea that like Larson's like guiding hand was involved in that so much. Dude, pop open those fin casts, take the journey with these two gurus. They will ah, have it. No. They will have insights. Please. Yes, dude. Yeah, nope. They will have insights that will have know your head what we're spinning. About. You do. You you do. You do more than you know. You, you're better than you know. So we got a lot to cover. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you think we should get into our uh, letters? News. Our news. Oh, we're missing news. Yes, we do have a piece of news. We got news. Jim. Oh right. Um. So <laughs> the bit of news we have is where's my mail? Oh, it's not even in the mail. Anyway. So, Eric posted on the Facebook that um, he's getting uh, the next Savage Dragon collection ready to go. Uh, I believe it's called, uh, it's going to be called um, Fam- uh, Savage Dragon Family Matters. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's going to collect because I don't have the post right in front of me. But what's interesting is he needed a few more pages. He needed a few more pages uh, to include all of the variant covers from 250. Uh, so you needed four more pages for four more covers, but adding four pages basically means you have to add eight because of how printing works. Um, so what he's doing is he's going to take, he's going to, it's a little convoluted, but this is what's going to happen. There's four pages in the current issue of Savage Dragon where Amy and Walter have a conversation. So he's going to take those pages. He's going to rescript them to be uh, Amy and Walter's first uh, meeting, which we haven't seen yet because we met Walter in 252 uh, and and Amy had already met Walter. So he's going to do this like little like four page story about basically how they met. But in order to do that, in order to you repurpose the pages from 243, I'm sorry, not 243, 253, Walter has to be naked because he wasn't made to wear clothes until his first appearance in 252. So Eric has gone through and redrawn Walter's body um, to overlay over the art to sh- to make him naked, make him tiger naked. So the dialogue and the script are going to be retooled for a new sequence specific to the Family Matters trade. And Jim, you uh, said what issues does it collect? It is Savage Dragon 247 through 252. Um, I think also, I, I suspect Eric will reprint it in a future issue of Savage Dragon, because that's usually how we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's very reminiscent to the early days of Savage Dragon, where he used to put extra pages into the trade. Um, did he really do that a lot, or was that really just Baptism of Fire, where he was... Pa- uh, it was a few. Um, he did, like, a, you know, a little more on William Johnson. He did a little more with Dragon's first meeting with Rapture. There's a couple of little things where a couple pages here and there. I know he added flesh out. He added more. He added a few pages to uh, Dragon and Jennifer meeting for the first time uh, because that happened in a mini series that he didn't draw. But he then, Mm -hmm. but he then later used those pages in a regular issue. Right far far in the future. But yeah, so he used to do that far more often back in the beginning of Dragon, where he would just kind of need the extra pages in a trade and just kind of, you know, add a little more story, a little more background to events that we didn't see on the page in the original comic. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's a neat little, uh, 
insight. And he's been giving uh, just those little behind the scenes, you know, peeling the curtains back so you can see like, oh, yeah, that's how this page was going to look. And I changed it. Here's a page of uh, Malcolm meeting a fish man. I cut it out. You know, so that's that, kind of it's kind of neat. That's kind of neat. The, the the fish man page. Yeah. Apparently, he had a whole sequence for two fifty three that uh, basically to set up and get out of would have taken too much, so he rewrote it. Uh, but not until after he had drawn the entire page. Yeah. Uh, where he it's a cool meet page. a mysterious. I say he looks kind of like an Atlantean, uh, kinda, yeah. living in a cave, but uh, it didn't make the book. Nope. We can hit on that when we get to that in two fifty in our review of two fifty three because there's that that one scene where it probably would have fit in right. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where it was going to be. What uh, too much to mount and dismount from that sequence. <laughs> right. Right. Pages are at a premium. So what do you say we get into some letters? Absolutely, we got, we got dude. Um, I'll go ahead and read the first one. This was uh, we got a couple of. Um, Notes on our episode 100 um, from a couple of longtime listeners. So uh, the first one was from uh, Tony Mikulandra, which I think we've only ever known as Tony M. So previously, now I'm going to look him up and hunt him down. We've graduated. Um, Tony says, congratulations, FinCast crew. What a great milestone to reach. And here's wishing you guys catch up to Eric on the episode, Mark. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. I know of no other comic book podcast that I and many others can deem essential listening. You guys have created a companion to the masterful comic that is Savage Dragon, and that is no easy feat. You guys are funny. You have fantastic non-romantic chemistry. (laughs) I'd like to think it's a little romantic. Just a bit. When I met you guys in person, I was feeling a tingle. (laughs) Felt a little tingle. Mm -hmm. Pants got tight. They seem to be great bros at the best of times and frenemies at the worst. (laughs) We're always friends. All while discussing one of the greatest comics of all time. Some memorable highlights before I cut short this tedious diatribe. Discussions about Canada and the selling of milk in plastic bags at grocery stores. Do Canadians worship the queen? (laughs) I don't even remember. (laughs) Some of the best play-by-play critiquing of comics in general. Does Fountainhead shoot lasers? <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> and some of the most insightful interviews with comics professionals and enlightening discussions, including failed quiz show answers to questions like <laughs> how many toes do Ninja Turtles and Savage Dragon have if counted all together? <laughs> I could go on. Long ago, I started regularly listening to the FinCast, probably in 2014 or 2015, and shortly after went back and listened to the entire FinCast run to get caught up because of the sheer enjoyment of what I was hearing. A one job guys and everyone involved. Onward to, onward to the next one hundred. Very great letter. Cool. Thank you so much. That that uh, that makes me feel good about doing this. <laughs> yeah, man. I honestly appreciate it. Like, uh, of course, it's just fun to do. Absolutely. But it's even more fun when you 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 know you hear that someone appreciates it and, and actually enjoys it especially for me where I was just a listener. And so I just meant just to know that there's other cats out there that are just enjoying it. That's fucking awesome. Thank you, Jim. I love our frenemy moments too. I think they're the best. (laughs) I mean, I, uh, I do hate you guys. (laughs) 
hate was palpable when I met Jim. It was just a, a, a like a, I could I smell bloodshed in the air when we met. I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm in danger, but I have to say hi. Um, so know your place, Raven. <laughs> I know. You milk sop. He just smacked me. Ah. So thanks for the letter, Tony. It is appreciated. Um, I would just say that we did confirm that Canadians worship the Queen. That's not a question that we have any questions about. I'm just trying to think why that worship. Oh, it probably came up. It probably came up when we were talking about Trump, uh, the move to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they don't worship. I mean, I mean, they are. They are. uh, Oh, what did we come to the conclusion of? They are. um, They're still under the crown. She's still. She's still on their money. Right. Mm hmm. But I don't think anybody worships the queen. No, no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get moving along. Moving right along, because man, we got a beefy, beefy uh, fincast here, you, guys. You mentioned long time friend of the show, Sotiris Gravis says, "Hey, studs, <laughs> happy Halloween, and congratulations on your big one hundredth episode. Not only do you provide." substantive and sapient savage dragon info you gentlemen also offer some much needed mental health happiness during this crazy coronavirus pandemic donald trump era turmoil know that even though i don't always write in i'm always listening always At least That's I'm not. That's actually in the letter. It is actually in the letter. I had to. I had to bring it. I had to bring. He, there was acting involved, right? <laughs> I was coughing up blood. If you couldn't hear the blood, at least I'm not next level weird as that Santa dude, who's always into watching kids, and always <laughs> creepy. Anyway, um, he's way into kids and always watching. Weighing in the kids and always watching. Look, um, Satiris, one thing. Santa I just has a wife. To Jesus, he said Santa. Yeah, Santa has a wife, uh, so get your mind off the naughty list. Uh, enjoy those lumps of coals, that's all I'll say, while Santa enjoys Mrs. Claus's sweet, plump, sugar plump fueled behind. Santa don't hey, play. Sugar plums. Yeah, what, what else would that jolly old elf eat? Cookies and milk, right? And um, Mrs. Claus's sweet vagina? Wow. I'm just saying, Santa ain't no kitty diddler. He just likes toys and giving them to people. He's a saint. It's in his name, Saint Nick. Am I the only Santa fan here? I mean, I like Santa. Yeah. <laughs> dude, you had that Santa tattoo. Like All right. Jim, it was like the third thing he said. He's like, hey, Raven. I was like, what's up, Jim? I was like, uh, pretty cool place. He's like, thanks, man. Check this out. And rolled his sleeve up, and there was a Santa <laughs> tattoo. And I was like, whoa. It was the Rob Liefeld version of Santa. Yes. Remember that guy? Very much, dude. I do Extreme. not. Extreme. What? I don't remember uh, Lars, uh, Liefeld's uh, Santa Claus. It is basically Lobo Santa. Yep, he was. Or Blood Wolf Santa. Oh, yes. Sounds Very awful. <laughs> it is what awfully was that in? great, What dude. was that in? Was that just a collector card or something from Wizard? It was a collector's card, but I feel like there was maybe like a just a page or two. <laughs> like the pouch almost. It was out oh, there, dude. Man. Listeners know. There's somewhere, there's some listener that's like, 
I mean, Michelle knows. He's like, yeah, he's like, fucking dumbass. You fucking knows. idiots. All right. Thank you, Satiris. Uh, thank you, Santa Claus fans across the world that know Santa is uh, straight up into that Mrs. Claus Heine. Moving right along. Thank you, letters writers. Guys, listeners, if you want to write us letters, we'd love to hear from you. Clearly, we appreciate it and have fun. Um, Craig, tell them where they can send those letters, baby. Uh, SavageFinCast at gmail.com. You can also post uh, something on our FinCast.com website on the comments. You can uh, probably uh Messengers uh, on Facebook. We're always at the Savage Fincast uh, or the, the, the Savage Dragon uh, fan Facebook page or Twitter. We're always on Twitter. Um, I'm sure you just look us up or look up uh, the Savage Fincast on Twitter. Um, so we can be reached anywhere. Easiest is probably just the Savage Fincast at gmail.com. Which cool. brings us into our next segment uh, Finteresting Conversations. This is a segment where we kind of pose a question uh, about uh, Savage Dragon or Eric Larson or whatever, and we talk about it, but we also ask for your input, and we also ask for you to present your own questions for a future episode. So um, we had a couple of responses for past questions. Um, we had one response from Andrew D'Antremont, who um, I think it was a couple of episodes ago, we posed the question about um, experimental issues and what if Eric did an issue where I think we said like every page or every panel, I think it was every page, he, he uh, copied a comic book artist style right. similar to the funnies that he, he did. Um, so, Jim, why don't you take that away? Uh, right. Let's see here. We got here. Hey guys, it's been a while since I dropped you a line, so I thought I'd touch base with you real quick and give you my two cents on this month's interesting conversation. Uh, you all had some good suggestions, but my top pick would be John uh, Buscema. Buscema, right? Bus- yeah. Buscema? Yeah. I'd yeah. love to see Eric tackle his style, perhaps learning how, leaning into how he drew Conan. Another Ooh, artist I'd like to see is uh, Jean... Gerard. John Gerard. Better know. Oh, Mebius, of course. Uh, Mobius, Mebius. It would probably take Eric forever to work on that much detail into his work, but working twice up might give him an edge in that regard. And finally, I know you already mentioned John Byrne, but I'd like to nominate him as well with the cavat, cravat. Wait, there's no R in cavat. Caveat. Caveat. This is what happens when you learn how to speak by reading. That's okay. (laughs) That Eric. No, that's fine. Emulates his style as inked by Terry Austin. You know what? I lied. I actually have one more. <laughs> Barry Windsor Smith. Enough said. Absolutely. Uh, that about covers it, but let me just say what a bang-up job you guys have been doing. I always enjoy listening to you guys discuss Dragon, and I also enjoy when you have guest hosts. I think Scott James brings a lot to the table, so feel free to have him on more often. Also, mm-hmm. I always enjoy it when you have Eric on, so please take him up on his open-door policy more often, maybe on a quarterly basis. That's it. Take care, guys. Looking forward to the next FinCast. And that was uh, from Andrew Deatremont. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, I like those. I was a uh, John Byrne. I think I picked that because I thought Eric would do a good job, but Mobius, what a good yeah, pick. Yeah, Mobius is a great yeah. pick. I would like to see that, it too. Is. And you would know definitely who he was trying Absolutely. to Absolutely. 
and he's not wrong. What's so funny is like what a great observation that if he did a two up page, he'd just have the ability to cram that with so much Mobius detail. Mm. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. I also uh, agree with him. I I do enjoy having Scott on and getting mm-hmm. his perspective as an artist. He he does bring a lot of that extra to the table. That things that we're not always thinking of, which is sure. fun. Um, and then same thing, I, I mentioned it earlier, you know, I, I love having Eric on. We try not to do it too often because we want to make him special and, and, and have uh, a lot of good questions. Yeah, we don't want to ask him about, like, what it was like to draw Spider-Man, like, a hundred times. We try right. to avoid that here. What got you into comics? <laughs> Is it fun to draw that webbing? <laughs> it's funny, though, man. You watch a lot of those podcasts where he's on, and it's like, man, I don't know how we would, how I would do it. Honestly, we're kind of getting into a similar problem with uh, Dragon, to be completely honest, because you wind up asking stuff as, do you like, do you, do you think you'll go back to, like, doing panels like you did in the 90s? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why it's hard to do things like that every, you know, month or every couple months, because you want to not ask those questions why don't you hatch as much as you used to (laughs) i feel like yeah i mean a two-hour show you know it's a long time so you've got to have good questions i feel like letting the issues pile up the way we do allows us to talk about current um things that are going on in dragon which is i feel i'm just agreeing and sort of reiterating what you said i feel that's a strength this show has over perhaps other interviews and stuff. What's your favorite it, John Day that you ever drew? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, I, I feel I can't even listen to his interviews a lot of times on other podcasts <laughs> because it's a lot of the how did you get started in comics and, you know, things like that that are just like, really, you know. I understand, though, for a lot of those podcasts, their listeners don't talk to Eric all the time or listen to Eric all the time. And or they need might that. Not be as into the book and they need that. But for yeah. – for, and that's what I think our podcast, you know, we're, what we're really for. We're for, like, the hardcore fans and or people that want to really get into to Dragon and and, uh, and know those questions that other podcasts aren't asking. So We ask the tough questions here. <laughs> yeah. All right. What we got going on next, Raven? I think we got a fella named Matt Rasco Jr. Now, the interesting topic that Matt is replying to is different than the one that Andrew DeEtremont just answered. Um, if you recall, our previous Finter- or, and most recent interesting conversation was uh, all uh, in, the, in the same fashion that Eric sort of was a guiding hand on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends, where Gary and Frank really, you know, they delivered the goods. But Eric was just sort of there, you know, standing back, producer type role, like telling people, hey, you know, do this, don't do that, whatever. Just you could feel his presence, right? We were just like, what other property, what other IP would you like to see created in that fashion? So that is the interesting conversation that Mr. Matt Rasco Jr. is about to address. And he says, um, I wouldn't mind seeing Cerebus being done by both Larson and Carlson. Maybe they can bring the Arvark back to his fantasy roots. Hey, man, sweet and short. Thank you, Matt. And I got to admit, I love the idea because Cerebus is one of those uh, iconic characters just for the longevity, you know? He set the 300-issue independent, like, creator makes 300 issues and then just quits, like, benchmark that North Americans go by. But... If you ever talk to anybody 
really about Cerebus, almost nobody loves most of it. Oh yeah. Almost everybody is like everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, everyone got so tired. Everyone. Well, everyone talks about Cerebus as like you know, it's like this important indie series, and it was for for setting that accomplishment. But uh, then you get into the problems with Sim himself. Well, plus the work. I mean, even if you, even if you, which that's a whole other, you know, kettle of fish, Jim. You're not wrong. Like Sim is kind of like a weird character these he, days. He, and he was, and he always was kind of controversial. But like, just I'm talking about like the work. I hear a lot of people be like, eh, it's just a slog. After a while, you know what I mean. Well, so, it, 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 it will takes a turn into the, like his personal political and uh, uh, views. I heard once it gets into like the church and state volumes, yeah. where he becomes like a prime minister or a pope or something, then it just drags. Like, and I've seen pages because didn't it didn't exposition it, didn't, like, pages, well, didn't it start pages. out as like like a fantasy adventure thing? It's Conan it parody. Like a, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Ninja Turtles and, and Daredevil, in a way. Yeah, when it started, it was a Conan parody. Howard the Duck starts that way, too. And then it became its own thing, and it kind of, like, the thing it becomes, I think, gets, like, kind of, like, windy. Like, it's just like, at least that's what I'm told. And I think it's pretty telling that, I mean, out of the three of us, have any of us actually read it? No. No, me either. It's kind of... Because I heard it just slogs when you get halfway through. I don't know if I want to invest all that time. <laughs> right. Everybody um, says that. I've heard Eric say that it's a slog at a point. But I also feel like I f- it suffers the same thing Savage Dragon does where there's so much of it that people are afraid to, to bust into it. Sure. What, Any- uh, Cerebus? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of it, but the thing about Cerebus is it's actually in print and it's not hard to get a hold of. No, but it's it's just a lot. Like to to, it, it's overwhelming in a way. It's like oh, I want to read this, but it, I don't know. I don't want. It. I don't know. My biggest my biggest hurdle with Cerebus when I was you know at the time when I felt like I had to read it because it was one of those important comics. Right. Uh, my biggest hurdle was I actually thought the early stuff didn't look very appealing because mm-hmm. uh, it looked yeah. a little bit too dated because of that whole Conan parody part. Uh, right. I probably would enjoy that more now, actually. Uh, but now yeah. the other stuff keeps me away from it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I've heard that he's got a lot of baggage and stuff. I, I don't know. I tell you, I, no, it's hard for me to keep up with everything. I can articulate it exactly because I know exactly what you're feeling, and here's what you're saying. Unlike where you have Savage Dragon, which starts out as kind of a coherent like entertainment piece and maintains an entertainment it's still an action book yeah it's an entertainment vehicle the entire time even if eric has something to say even if eric is experimenting it's an an entertainment vehicle and it's consistent in tone and theme even when he's playing around and trying different things cerebus on the other hand starts off as this really rough conan parody and then becomes a better looking conan parody and then kind of becomes like more serious and like more prose heavy and that is a tonal shift that is not necessarily appealing it is amazing how much better his artwork got though who, like in terms of who like just how crude sim. sim uh yeah i will kind of agree on that it probably helps when you're only drawing the foreground characters right yeah good old gerhard let's yeah. <laughs> mvp of the backgrounds um, but yes, would it be awesome as shit to see what Eric could do? And Gary? 
Hell yes, dude. I would love to see what they would do with Cerebus. Taking it back to its fantasy roots, I would love to see that. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I think would, that's a solid would you, pick. Would you expect that? I mean, Eric is a traditionalist. I don't think he'd get navel-gazy. Like, I don't think he'd go into long, like, diatribes about his relationship with women and stuff. That's just not what he does. Right. I think he would get back to the, like, with, you know when he took over Supreme? Right. And he that, was like, let's just take it back to what Supreme is and what makes Supreme unique. Right. I think he'd kind of take yeah. that reboot approach with he, he didn't. He didn't try to be more. He tried to be Larson. Yeah. He would just change Cerebus into, like, a fisticuffs superhero punch him out comic i'm not even i'm not even sure what i could imagine like service (laughs) because is under eric's pen or even under even just his editorial ship i tell you what i what i envisioned did you read the ninja turtles where they teamed up with cerebus uh you know what jim you would i actually no i actually have not read that because it isn't reprinted they they got an altered version oh Uh, so that is what i imagine it would be like I mean, Cerebus is still Cerebus, but he's just, you know, a barbarian. He's riding around, and he's kicking ass and cutting dudes up, and he's a an appealing character. He's got that weird way he talks or whatever, but it's just yeah. it's just an action story. He's They're storming a castle to, like, kill a wizard. That sounds cool. I'm to look that up. It was, dude. It was fucking dope. It's a good story. Let, let me verify that real quick, because that was an early Ninja Turtles issue, and I'm yeah, pretty that... sure it did not get... It still had Kevin Eastman art. Yeah. So, absolutely. And they did a cool thing it's where I saw where Sim won't let him reprint it. It's one of those dealies, yeah. Or it's or it's because of, you know, Viacom or what have you not wanted to deal with it. Of course, Sim's weird because I think like Cerebus is actually public domain somehow. What? Like anybody can publish Cerebus comics now? No. How? I, I cannot I, imagine. I will look into that. There that's kind of a weird thing going on with the property. I know Sim, and I think we might have either we talked about it offline, or I think we talked about it online. He's got that Spawn Ten that he's yeah, apparently right. he, well not reprinting. He's apparently making his own version, right? Right. He's kickstarting right, right. it. Yeah, because <laughs> that was the agreement, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah basically, he own it. Both own. They it. both own it, right? All right, so. Uh, Shall we talk about the new Finteresting Conversation topic? Let's. Our new Finteresting Conversation topic. So, with um, this current issue having a variant cover, the Decision 2020 with uh, Biden-Harris on the cover, and then we've got the other uh, Vicious Circle, is it Rising cover? 252 had an extra cover. Like 252 is a second printing. Oh, second printing, right, right. So this is actually a variant, and then the next three issues of Savage Dragon are all going to have variants with the old-school Marvel-type trade dress on it. Sounds like Eric's kind of gotten that itch to do at least uh, a variant cover and issue for the upcoming future. Um, I'd like to get the listeners' thoughts on variant covers. You like them, you hate them, you don't care. Um, And then if you liked them, or even if you didn't like them, what was your favorite variant? from the past that, that Eric has done. Um, like to hear, hear about that. And then, uh, if you so please, what would you like to see in the future for variants? So, uh, you know, uh, seems like Eric's revisiting the, the, the trade dress. Well of the seventies, Marvel trade dress. Um, right. 
he's also kind of revisiting these political covers. What what would you like to see for future variants? Um, like to get your thoughts on it. What do you say, uh, Raven and Jim? I think I have a less fiery take. I, a little bird told me that we're in for some fireworks. So let me just get mine out of the way real quick. Uh, my thoughts on variant covers, uh, I'm okay with them. I, I don't mind them. I think he has sort of a non-offensive approach. Uh, like a lot of the times the variants are just a uh, simple recoloring. Uh, it doesn't make me feel, other than like 250 where you had legitimately compelling variant covers like you wanted to go get. Uh, when you're talking about like just changing a color, I I don't care. I'm not going to, I don't have to collect it. I can actually skip it. Um, right. And in fact, the 250 second printing where it was just basically Malcolm charging and it had different colors, I skipped it. I got every cover but that one. Um, my favorites from the past, uh, I'm a sucker for a, a gimmick. Uh, I love the Will You Marry Me cover. Where yeah, that was good. I love it. Uh, I, that was a clever gimmick. I think it was a smart use of a variant. Uh, so that was my favorite. And then lastly, uh, ideas for things that you'd like to see coming up. I like to see more random variants just by other artists. I think that would be very cool. I think that it also would potentially help the book. Um, I think of, like, for instance, you had, uh, you know, just... People will walk by and see Savage Dragon, but like Jim Rugg art on the cover or like Jock yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it would turn heads. I think people are like, whoa, you know, goddamn, like what, what Jock doing on a cover? Or Jim Rugg did this like badass, like Savage Dragon color. Yeah, holy yeah. shit. Or completists of those artists that, that might get them to, to pick up an issue of Dragon. Right, and and there's like it wouldn't be have to come out of nowhere. Like we know Jim Rugg likes Savage Dragon, so it's it's cool. Um, yeah. So if if not different artists, um, you know, and he, he probably doesn't want to do this, but gimmicks, you know, give us a foil cover or a lenticular hologram or something wacky. If you're going to do it, make it substantial. bagged with a card. Yeah, dude. Or yeah, a not safe for work cover. I know he said he'd never do it again, but it's just my answer. So it's no big deal. But uh, yeah, that's me. I'm quick. I'm done. That's out. That's what I think about him. That's what I feel about him. I'm afraid to ask Jim. I'm afraid. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> all all variant all variant covers should burn in hell. <laughs> I despise variant covers conceptually, uh, and they make me physically angry. <laughs> Are you shaking? Well, all right. Let me back up. Sure. And explain my problem with variant covers. Lay it on us. Well, actually, let me let me let me start with an anecdote. So mm-hmm. last week, a comic came out that I was really interested in and bought and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, coincidentally, it is a Ninja Turtle comic book. Okay, it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin, number one. Yeah, which is that, sure, which is that quote unquote final Ninja Turtles story, like possible future thing. But it's written right. by yeah. Laird and 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 Eastman, and it's pretty cool. It has, at minimum, as best I can tell, sixty five fucking variant covers, <laughs> and it's a nine dollar funny book. Oh. So let me ask, can can I stop you one second when you're talking about the variant covers? Did you see the the cover that's just like the artist Ben Bishop, it's just like face on the cover? Uh, huh? Let me see if that's on the master list here in the back. What? <laughs> his it's just his face coming out of a curtain. I don't understand it at all. It's so strange. It's I, a real photo of like the artist, just his face. I'm Facebook friends with him, and I must take a look and all see right, what so this is. So I 
don't see right, that sorry. one here because the one I don't mean to sidetrack the one so crazy. the ones here in the back of the issue are all um, they're called comic shop variants like specific comic shops paid to have these covers done so it may not I may not have the variants for like uh, uh, like the regular variants but anyway the point is there's a fucking lot of them and I have a real problem with them my problem with variant covers is that they prey upon completionists people who could be buying different new comics instead driven to buy the same comic multiple times and i think it's very unhealthy but the worst part is variant cover sales prop up our industry selling the same comic multiple times is how comic shops make their money in a lot of cases some shops anyway Sure, yeah. Of course, then you get the real problem. The real problem that disgusted me was the A cover, the regular cover, the day it came out, there were shops selling it at markup, like 20 bucks. Mm. And that made me angry. Although that has less to do with variant covers and more to do with unscrupulous practices. Mm -hmm. But variant covers compounded all. A mad dash scramble to get, quote unquote, all the covers to have a complete set. Right. Now, I know Eric doesn't do that specifically for Savage Dragon. But you can't help but think that variant covers push sales, uh, sure. artificially inflate them, you might say. I mean, make no mistake, you know, it is a business that is definitely what they're for. Like, um, even when I was like, oh, I don't mind them, it's like, no, I know it's to make money. And Eric's better about it because you can just order whatever co- cover you want 90% of the time. Sure. There's a couple of uh, a couple of exceptions, like that green one. Uh, uh, may I also throw in that a lot of the times uh, Eric will toss in uh, the variant covers will just find their way into the back of the book or something. Yeah, and you, yeah, and you'll see him in other ways, or at least in the collections. Like he's not, he's not he, like like we just talked about in the news. He's putting all the covers in the collection, right? So you can see them all that way as well. Um, but I just I even before I switch to digital and I stop having a choice, mm-hmm. I always 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 bought the a cover no matter what it was because i refused to participate in this transaction and i would get so annoyed when comics would come in and i get the b cover because that's the only copy they got so yes i have fiery opinions on on variants and you know i'm not going to say i don't want to see certain artists drawing covers of savage dragon and, of course, I do want Eric to draw every cover of Savage Dragon, like he draws all the interiors. So, you know, I guess the only way to see other artists draw Savage Dragon on the cover is with variants. But I'd rather have, just have a nice pinup on, like, a flip book on the back that's cover. A good, that's a good solution to it. Like, if you want, uh, if you wanted to have that thing where, like, you have, like, Jock, like, just give the back cover as a flip book to, like, yeah. Jock or something like that. That's a good solution. Because then you're not like necessarily like gouging, but you're still getting the benefit. It's just I don't know. It's just I don't never saw the appeal. I mean, I guess the appeal is you like a specific artist. You're supposed to buy the cover you think looks looks the best, right? But it just preys on collectors, yeah. people who need complete collections. Who to get? I don't, I don't even think it's I don't even think it's possible to get all these last uh, Ronin covers because they're so spread out to different comic shops. Mm-hmm. If, if you're a completionist and you look at this and this drives you, it would absolutely drive you insane. 
Yeah, yeah. So I hate the the market where it's like you're saying like 25 different snake eyes number ones or 25 different last ronin number ones or every comic shop gets their own variant or whatever it is like right. that's so over the top and ridiculous oh yeah i'm less you know annoyed about a single variant cover as much as you know it's kind of a little bit of anxiety if, if you want to get it that you're not going to be able to get it sometimes that sucks but it's usually not the case for me I, I, and i I do like what Raven said, like the ability to see like someone do an alternate cover, like an herb trimpe cover or something like that. That's and I realize that's fun. I also realize like a lot of artists depend on variant covers for income. Well, that's that's my other feeling on Dragon Two, like the recent variants. Like you don't have to buy them; they're only a single additional variant, and if it gets, you know few thousand or a thousand more copies sold for savage dragon then i'm for it you know what i mean if it helps ensure that this title can last a little bit longer and you know we're not talking about 15 different variants we're talking about a single variant and you've got fans that want to pay the extra money for it then you know i'm okay with it i i understand what you're saying jim i understand how overall it's probably not a good practice I will say that overall, I 100% agree with you, Jim, that this industry has a pre- has taken it. A, a variant cover at its core is not that harmful. The direction that this industry has kind of pushed it, it's been taken to a gross place. Yeah. For sure. There's some gross exploitive shit going on out there. But Craig, to your point... Um, you know, you don't have to buy anything you don't have to. Um, right. I'm not, for instance, on the upcoming trade, like with the more Marvel trade or whatever, I I have no preference. I don't care which cover I get. I won't be getting both. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's in every collector's market. Right. Whether it's records and you have different colored vinyl or, you know, uh, different presses with, you know, they also do different jacket styles on the covers of records, whether it's trading cards. Remember, set, uh, like, Garbage Pail Kids, you know, each card had two different names. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the same card, you know, and you want to collect. You know, they make a 23-set card set into, you know, 46 cards or whatever it is. I mean, you're not going to stop it, but it's to be responsible about it. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I get the annoyance of it. In terms of Savage Dragon, like I said, if it means he can sell an extra thousand copies or more, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea there. And it's not like he pushes, like, you have to collect it all and even says, if you like it, get it. If you don't, you don't, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like, um, like I said, to his credit, I feel like the the variants, uh, for instance, like on the second print of uh, 222 or 252, I mean, I gotta have it. It's pretty compelling package. It's got a different cover. The interiors are clean. Like that is kind of a difference. Versus diff- a newsprint for the listeners, right? Right for the listeners. The original print had newsprint faux newsprint effect, and so two fifty two's reprint not only has a new cover, but the interiors are clean. They don't have the faux newsprint, right? So that is kind of more compelling, and I I have to have it because I want it. Whereas um, some of this other stuff coming up, uh, like the variant where Dragon's looking into the empty grave and uh, 
you know, the one has kind of like the Dimension X in the background and the other kind of has a different like color behind him. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm not going to collect both. But if you want to, do. But if it's troubling your mind, just choose the one you like more. That's all you got to do. Right. Um, Craig, I have to add this, dude. I can't not add this. So while you were talking, I real quick looked up the uh, Ben Bishop last Ronan uh, head through a curtain variant. <laughs> Right. It is called The Last Ronin Number One uh, Metal B Hole Variant. <laughs> and I, I don't get it. And so you literally have Ben Bishop's head poking through a curtain, and the metal is it's metal, so I guess it's like a metal foil appearance. And then there is a gold version. There's only three available. They're three hundred dollars each. And it'll have signatures from Ben, Kevin, and Tom. And I'm just like, oh, that is funny as shit. So, and that is being sold exclusively through his things. So I guess that's it's a for... a photo of his face. I don't get it, though. I it's think for it's... his fans. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's... That is strange. <laughs> it is the weirdest variant I've ever seen, dude. <laughs> it is weird. It's not even like he's got a Ninja Turtle mask on. It's just his head poking no. through a curtain. A curtain. Anyway... <laughs> Okay. Craig, you never got to sound off on variants too much. Like, you, oh, you know what you didn't do? So, Jim is, we did kind of get your thoughts, but you know what? Um, favorite your favorite and what you'd like to see coming up. Yes, and me or Jim? Both. I mean, Jim said he hates them, but, I mean, there were variants <laughs> in the past he can comment on. And what? And if, he, if there was a variant in the future, like, what could he tolerate? I'd be interested to hear. Um, I mean... I like I said never really went out of my way to get variants even back in the sure. day. I what would in fact I'd make you interested. What would it take? I mean honestly, none. Judge Dredd? Nothing. I mean Judge Dredd okay, on the cover. Even that would not get me to buy the issue if it was if if the only way to see Dredd on the cover was a variant. <laughs> no way, dude. No. no way. No, seriously, I'm literally that anti Just because just slapping my favorite character on the cover isn't enough to entice good for you dude it's good to have scruples it if really he, is. if he's in the issue and mm-hmm. if the cover was drawn by eric mm-hmm. i might buy it as my cover one copy but otherwise no thank you throw it in the trash burn it in the sun <laughs> i love it dude so what about a favor from the past i mean again i don't have a lot of like there aren't. I can't think of any variants that I prefer over the main covers. Walt Simonson kids. Not even that. The Eric cover is still better. Okay. Because it's an A cover. Sure. I mean, it's still a variant. It's 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 fine. It looks fine. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough to me to buy it. I mean, like I I wouldn't I wouldn't ask for a variant from an artist just because I don't want the variant. Sure. I mean, I guess I could saddle you guys with buying it. <laughs> what about you, Craig? Your favorites from the past? Uh, I love, for some reason, and I don't even think it's the best cover, but I really love it. Most people probably wouldn't agree, is the second printing to Savage Dragon 100. That's the one where, where they're leaping, right? 
Yeah, where that is like, a good one. Smashing actually. through glass and there's like I will uh, say angel. And... My variant dislike doesn't count, include second printing covers. Second printing. Yeah, that, that's okay. different. Uh, then maybe the Herb Trimpe recreation. Ooh, uh, good one, dude. Which is cool. It's just fun to see an old school artist draw, you know, dragon. I uh, that one was on the back cover as well, right? I don't know if it was ever on the back cover. Because I remember, I remember get, uh, I, I remember having a copy of it. I might need to investigate that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Jim goes and Those... looks through his collections, like a, a, a variant, and just rips it in half. I tip. I typically prefer Eric's covers. Right. Um, well, I think he did it as a flip cover on that it, issue. But he, they definitely, it's definitely a cover mm-hmm. too. Remember what issue that uh, was? But, by any chance? Uh, you can probably just Google up Herb Trimp Savage Dragon. It was like one thirty something, right? I thought it was later. Though. I think it was later. It's pre-Malcolm era, yeah, but it's I later. I apologize. I don't know off the top of my head. I'll find it's okay. it. It'll turn Keep up. rolling. Jim, you can look up. And Craig, you keep rolling. <laughs> um, no, I, I just I, – I'm like, Jim, I typically prefer Larson covers because Larson is such a strong you know, cover artist. Sure. Uh, but – like I said, I think it's fun when you see other artists take on Dragon. So I, I'm always down for like an Herb Trimpe or, uh, you know, that wanted cover, something like that. Yeah, that was the so wanted cool. Wanted cover is cool. Even the 250 covers, even though we weren't happy with a lot of them, it's still always cool to see another superstar artist take on your favorite character. So. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't want to go through them all because I want to save some for the listeners. But sure, yeah, I'd say those. What would you like to see coming up? Like, what what would get your like blood pumping? Uh, just more like superstar artists taking on like doing a cover. Like, I would hope that like uh, when three hundred comes, mm-hmm. we get a you know return a Dave Johnson type cover or oh, you know it so got me more thinking like like even like the cartoonist kayfabe guys mm-hmm. like a Piscor or a Rug or oh, yeah. a Sholey cover like some alt you know alternate. Alternate art, alternative artists, sure. like the Twisted Funnies guys. Oh yeah, those are always fun. Um, I don't know, just different takes. I, I just always enjoy that, and like I think, like you said, it brings out the most. You know, brings out other fans to check out the book, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, and also you learn about other artists that are fans that you didn't know about. You know, uh, gatefold covers, dude. You know, Dragon. Yeah, Dragon. Yeah. I don't think has ever had a gatefold cover. No. Vanguard did. Vanguard. Yeah, that would be pretty wild, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine? Like it'd be the, his. He's gone two hundred and fifty plus issues, and he's never done a gatefold cover. And yeah, I be- he's done wraparounds, but not gatefold. And I bet he'd do a good. I bet he'd kick ass. Is the thing. Yeah, that would be fun. You know, it's unfortunate that one of the best gatefolds, uh, one fifteen, I think, I believe was square bound, which means it doesn't lay flat. Well, that's not gateful. That's just wraparound. Oh, wait. You're right. Sorry, that's what I meant. Wraparound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you can't really open it up because it's square bound. Yeah. But it is a great cover. Uh, I, I do like wraparounds. I like reach-arounds. <laughs> Walked into that one. <laughs> and with that, dear listeners, we would love to hear your thoughts and comments on variant covers. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us your favorites from the past. Tell us what you'd like to see in the future. Craig, tell them where to send them. SavageFinCast at gmail.com, my friends. Send them in. 
please. We'd love. I think that's a really good, interesting conversation, uh, and I would love to hear what people say, especially since moving forward for a little bit, we're gonna have some. So, yeah, man, throw them out there, uh, gentlemen. Yeah, we're an hour into this, so I think we need <laughs> to talk about this issue because uh, it's a funny issue to me. It feels like the most traditional dragon issue in a while. I could see how you'd say there's that. Like, sure. kind of is. There's like no great revelation or like super surprise or some twist. It's just a good, solid action Savage Dragon issue. Yeah. Um, it is the mini irons in the fire approach, which he hasn't necessarily been doing too awful much lately. But of course, every time he does it, it's fucking great. So, I think we got to. We just came off of variants. I think we got to talk about this variant at least. <laughs> a little bit of a controversial variant, you know. I saw a lot of people getting their feelings hurt. Yeah, it's funny too for the listeners. We're we're reviewing this on election night, so it's kind of <laughs> timely for us. Yeah, we would love. It's funny because if you think about it, the listeners will know. And dear listeners, that's why we're not commenting because we don't know the outcome as of this uh, talk. But uh, it's this uh, decision twenty twenty variant um, where Malcolm is endorsing Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for president and vice president of the United States. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people, of course, you know, comics is a very sensitive uh, community. Uh, a lot of people really struggle. Well, you know, there's no, there's no politics in comics. Right. It's so an in, apolitical in, medium. So in, inserting them <laughs> just makes you a hack. Uh-huh. Never mind, you know, all that evidence to the contrary. It's apolitical escapist fantasy. Um, and I think it's funny. We can comment. Uh, as we got closer to the election... As we got closer to November 3rd, a lot of comic pros came out and started doing stuff. Um, Alex Ross had a Joe Biden painting uh, where he did Come With Me If You Want to Live from mm-hmm. Terminator. Um, who else? Uh, man, there were comic pros left and right just coming out of the woodworks. But I think it's cool because Eric was the only one with the uh, massive watermelon-sized testicles to put it on a cover. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was funny when we were talking about it a little while ago because he did, um, he had John Kerry, right? He right. He had Obama. I think I just skipped over Hillary. Bush. Yeah, he skipped Hillary. <laughs> it's so funny. And, and now uh, Biden. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't think I, if I had a comic, I would do it. But uh, it's definitely a way to alienate <laughs> A bunch of readers. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the guts. I, I have to say, I don't think True, like, died in the wool, like, honest to goodness, made it all these 28 years fans care. Right. Yeah, no. Um, you I, know, I... Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I've seen that comment where people are like, well, don't like your beliefs, but you're still a kick-ass artist. And even Alex Ross. Yeah. People were commenting, they're like, dude, you know, don't care at all about that, but you're still an awesome artist. And I'm like, that's, that's respectable. That's cool. That... That's exactly what I was going to say. I've got to give a lot of props to people that are, you know, either voting for Trump or Republican that can put that aside and read the book and, and not let that kind of drive them crazy because that's not all what the book's about. Of course. It's barely, what's funny is it's barely mentioned in the issue. Like, barely. It is, what is neat is that I didn't think it'd be mentioned in the issue at all. Right. 
because he did kind of just, oh, by the way, guess what? This is happening. <laughs> and we're well, like, and he Ooh. lives in Canada too, so right, yeah. So I thought we were going to be dodging this citizen. Mm. I love the original it's, cover too. It's kind of fun to have those little like panels in there as like a period piece. So when you're looking back ten years yeah. later, you can be like, "Oh yeah, that's where this was at this point in time." Well, think about the bushwhacked cover and like John Kerry. Right. No one's talking about John Kerry now, dude. That that John Kerry cover, I remember because that I bought that issue when I was in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly where I was. I know <laughs> I can remember. For me, like I wouldn't even remember what year I was in Japan or what was happening, but because of that issue, I remember exactly the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just little things like that, like little time periods that that you can pick up on Clinton during the SOS years. And yeah, it it is cool. It ties it to that moment in time and the, reminds you, hey, you know, this book moves in the real time. Like it's tied to the real world. They're dealing with coronavirus because we're dealing with coronavirus. Like. It's neat. It plays the dragon's strengths. And, uh, again, we, as of recording this, don't know the outcome. So it's kind of a funny, like, win or lose, this is going to be a funny cover. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be a moment in time. Like, if, if it's a win, it'll be like, holy shit, you know, first he did the Obama cover, now he did this one. If he loses, it's going to be like, well, shit, like, that's going to be funny to have Malcolm be talking about, yeah, I endorsed him, but... Uh. <laughs> It's going to be like an amazing Spider-Man cover or Spider-Man endorses Hubert Humphrey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. I think he got these likenesses well, too. Our likenesses yeah. are fucking hard, dudes. Yeah. If you didn't know, likenesses are a bitch. Yeah. So that's why I'm commenting on that because, yeah, they're instantly recognizable. Um, moving away from the variant, uh, I think this is just a fucking killer issue with a killer opening. Yeah, absolutely. I was pretty excited when I flipped the page. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, it's it's uh, fun to like get this Amy Dragon like interlude. Yeah, it's like she she get she gets the she gets the title here. Amy Dragon, wake up screaming. She's definitely the favorite child of of Eric's. I feel like. Oh yeah, and again, she's kind of the most interesting of the Dragon Kids, right? Because in a way, I think we talked about this, but don't you, I mean, disagree or tell me your thoughts, fellas. But like Jack kind of feels like classic dragon. Yeah. Like uh, Tyrone kind of feels like Malcolm Redux. Mm-hmm. But then here you got this little weirdo with 10 toes. But I, I think um, Eric is awesome. I could be wrong. I remember him talking on comicbook.com um, on the interviews he does. With, with Russ Burlingame that uh, he's giving like the kids their own character traits like I feel like he's making Tyrone like the brainier kid and you'll notice like, oh, some yeah. of those little things um, and, and I think maybe Amy's more of the scrappier type well she's a, she's a she's a talker she's yeah. very articulate yeah but he's doing these things on purpose to give them almost kind of like Ninja Turtles where they all like you know they're all gonna have like distinct like skills or or characteristics. What would you say Jax is? J- Jack's kind seen... of a daredevil. He like climbs stuff. Okay. Remember, 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 remember he got into a fight with uh, with the uh, Vicious Circle Juniors? Oh, that was him? I thought that was Tyrone. I, I could have swore it was Jack. Let me double check. Victory! 
you know <laughs> yeah I, th- I thought that i thought that was jack okay sorry if i'm wrong let me verify It'd be pretty cool, though, if Tyrone turns out to be, like, the scientific brain and he's kind of like the Donatello, like, just inventing shit and stuff like that as he grows up. You're right, Craig. Uh, he fixed the controller in the Funnies issue. Uh, here he has, like, a dedication to school even on the weekend. Yep. Like, it's it's cool. That's real subtle, but it's there for sure. Uh, Maddie's going to be lightning powers, and Amy is, like, kind of, like, just funny. She's almost like the leader. Yeah, she's just funny, you know? But also, too, she had that weird thing where she was born human and then became a dragon. And of course, we don't know if there's going to be something done with that or not. So, no, was that Amy or Matt? No, that was that was that was Amy. Amy. That's why she has ten Amy. toes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, right. So I verified it was Jack. Okay, it was Jack. Victory. Okay, so Daredevil. Yeah, it's Action Jackson, baby. There you go. We got it. So we got a little TMNT like uh, going with these kids. I love it. Because I admit, I thought they were going to, like, there were so many of them because they were going to just get killed. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I, I've got theories about who's living and who's dying over the next few years. What if you're wrong and all four grow up to adulthood? What if all four die? That's a good question. Ooh, that's awful. I don't see that happening. You're a monster, dude. <laughs> that would be a heartbreaker. I would honestly be sad for what, that's pretty grim. Uh, dude's... Can we just say how great fucking Walter looks? Yeah. He's like Eric's Tawny Tiger or Talky Tawny. He's so awesome. I love how Eric gave him like the checkered pants. The talky has kind of like the checkered suit. Well, there's a there's there's actually a bigger uh, a more subtle joke here too. Mm-hmm. Talky Tawny loves dressing up. He loves wearing human clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Walter does not. <laughs> Walter prefers being nude as nature intended. Yeah, he's a tiger. He doesn't think of himself as a tiger man. He says, I'm a tiger. And it was confirmed, right? He's from Gentech. Right? Yes. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the letters column, confirmed, but still confirmed. Right. But he's well, a fun he just character. So good, he's, he's just, it's cool to have another animal-based guy. Yeah, like Mako. He's like, he's like Mako, except he's yeah. a tiger. I love it, dude. I love it. It's like a, a little bit of the old school touch. I think uh, with that classic Eric wrinkle, Eric kind of handles those uh, tiger stripes in a cool way. Yeah. Well, do you like, see like that close up on uh, actually on any of them? It's like he's got like W's. Yeah. On his chins for Walter. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's cool. I love it, man. I think, though, you get, like, so much personality here out of Amy. Like, Amy's just really got a lot of character and personality in this sequence. It's so funny where she's, like, telling him off. And, again, Walter, we're just really meeting him. But, dude, the line about, like, I wouldn't be rummaging to the trash if you kids didn't, if you <laughs> if you didn't have so many delicious chicken nuggets and fish sticks. That's so funny, right. dude. The other cool scene thing about the scene is that we're starting to see that the kids are more articulate and and you know there's no going back once they start speaking kind of just like a normal child so you can get a lot more out of them right you know there's a lot more gags or just uh, you know ways to advance the story with you know four you know at least three kids that can speak normally now right they become more like actual characters right I, I was just super happy to see Walter be more than just kind of a 
Calvin Hobbes one-off gag in a in a strip because it totally could have played that way. Right. Because we know there's Gentech animals and it could have just been a one-and-done type thing. Um, but to see that as a kind of a lasting thing, which seems like we're going to have this new character in our book for a while. And he looks great. I mean, just yeah. the design. I, I mean, it could just be a tiger, but, like, there's design to him. I think, like, there's personality. That that panel of him, just the, the double thumbs up and the cheesy grin is so good. Yep. Ah, oh, man. So, it's funny, dude. I'm already in love with Walter. Like... I was thinking we should title this issue your new favorite best your your new favorite character. He's kind of like the new Glum, but a good guy in a way, you know. Yeah, I think again that's an interesting dynamic because he's kind of like here's this character who could easily potentially be evil, but no, he's just like a a sidekick. It'd be cool to see how their friendship develops because clearly he doesn't have he's not like friends with like all the kids. Like, you know, him and Amy have this dynamic together here. They were in the last issue together, and, you know, she jumps out the window. It's yeah. funny, man. I'm surprised you guys, I'm surprised you mentioned the circle panel. That one's pretty neat on the second page. Circle panel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, like, there's something we don't see. It's pretty wild. So much of this is good stuff, dude. Like the negative panel, just the empty negative space panel. Yeah, yeah, just focusing on the two characters all the lettering from the like you know walter like rummaging around in the trash i hate to say um one of my favorite things that eric's been doing a lot is these title pages with just a close-up on heads Mm -hmm. whether it's powerhouse or malcolm or or paul dragon but man this rogue warrior (laughs) close-up yeah splash page rogue warrior is so cool Yes, he is. <laughs> it is awesome. You know, I I completely forgot he could shoot rays from his hands. I was going to say that as well. I totally forgot, and I think it was uh, Gavin Higginbotham, the, the editor, that reminded me that in his first appearance, he takes out some SOS members with that blast. He first appears in Savage Dragon 45, and I don't know if you guys remember, he, he's like... Dragon doesn't even fight him. He's fighting the SOS. Dragon's not even the picture in the picture. I think Dragon was in space or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of those things where, like, I think it was uh, Goldbrick, Crusher, and Moros from the SOS have him in custody, and then Killcat comes like an idiot and thinks <laughs> he's still fighting and ends up freeing him, and he kills like the three SOS members. <laughs> oh yeah. And then, he dis- and then he disappears, and he doesn't come back. Until, until the savage world. right so he'd never met dragon before at least not on the page and also he he, he in, in the original image universe he apparently got like got one of his arms burnt with acid well that was in that scene he yeah. punches through goldbrick and goldbrick's blood burns his hands and it doesn't show you if he loses the hand but his hands like completely like, all bubbled up right and then we don't see him again, but then we see him in the Savage World, the Savage World version. So that never happened, apparently. Well, maybe it did. I don't know. Um, but that's the Savage World version where he's um, working for Cyberface, tracking down Dragon. 
and then he captures Dragon, and then there's a couple issues where Dragon disguises himself as Rogue Warrior. It's not even Rogue Warrior. Right. That's fantastic. So really, <laughs> I mean, the Rogue Warrior is more at this point a Malcolm villain than he ever really was a Dragon. Yeah. Villain, he, besides a couple, he, of he, he's been a exactly. he's been a dart flunky for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. He doesn't show up again till you know after the Savage World initially. He comes back around. You know, I think ninety. 394 is when Dragon disguises himself as him. And then you don't see him again until 191. Wow, so that long. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it's a while. And then, like you said, he's kind of like him and Braun are like the muscle of the vicious circle. It's cool um, because he you can tell he's a long-lived character, too. Uh, he's got, like, crow's feet. Uh, Eric's giving him kind of like the old man lip crease, you know, here and there. So it's like, yeah, he's buff as shit, but like he's not like a mortal like. Like he's he's got some age to him a little bit in his face. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say though, Eric did scare me when mm. when, he, when, he, when he takes that blow from what's his face, uh, right? Wrath. And his... yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so the, the the characters we have, we see Rogue Warrior, we see Wrath, we see Fountainhead. Right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. We? Striped pants. Yeah. Yep. Stripehead pants, yes, you're right. That is a fountainhead. Yeah, he, Raggedy man. He, he isn't. He isn't in the fight very long. That's why I missed him. No, he gets like knocked out when he, when Malcolm throws wrath. Yeah, stripe pants versus stripe pants. Uh, and then Ragdoll, which is like that scarecrow guy. I called him Raggedy Man. Ragdoll. Raggedy. He's, man. He, Raggedy he was, man is probably a better. He, he had a weird like. <laughs> he appeared like one other time. He's, he's been twice, right? In the background. Yeah, hasn't he been in the like twice? He's he's usually like, what's happening here? He's just getting his ass kicked. Although it is kind of interesting, you don't see any blood when Wraith goes through when Bug goes through him. I think he's a straw doll. I think like a, I think yeah. he's fine. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think that's part of his powers. He's just a bag of hay or something. <laughs> it's great, a living bag of hay. I love it, dude. And uh, we see insect, who I always call Bug. Well, Malcolm calls her Bug Lady. Yeah. Guys, um, we, we're not getting past that double-page spread without, like, just gushing. Holy shit, dude. That's a really, that good, is, it's a really good boat. Per, dude, I looked that up. That's photo reference. I, am, big I, I had no doubt. You look up Port of Toronto or uh, Toronto Port <clears throat> or something, it's, it's like you can see the exact picture he took it from. Because I was like, my first thought was like, wow. I didn't realize there were, like, ports on this Great Lake. You know, oh, like, fuck in, yes. In the the Great Lakes are all about their ports. I mean, the whole idea of the St. Lawrence River is, like, how most of everything gets moved through that area. Yeah, no, you're right. It just seems weird to have such a huge boat on a Great Lake. Oh, yeah. Lake, they, I guess they, not, not really. Where, yeah, you, you, where do you live? I live Philly. Oh, right. You guys live in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I lived. Uh, I live, like, 20 minutes from the river. We get like all kinds of like ocean going ship traffic down that river. That's like it's which hmm? which river St. Lawrence. It's funny because everything around Jim oh, that goes all the way up. St. Lawrence to goes through all five of the Great Lakes, so it goes all the way, ah, basically all right. the way to the Mississippi. In, in I didn't land. realize it goes all the way down through Connecticut. Not no, where I grew up. Oh, I was gonna say what the heck. I grew up in northern New York. 20 miles oh, 20 right. miles from the river. Yeah, yeah, all right. That, you said, I was thinking, because you live in I'm like, what? <laughs> in my head, it just was not making sense. But yeah, no, yeah, totally. I get what you're saying. But yeah, it's a, it's a major shipping lane. 
So yeah, all the all the like the big uh, the big ports you think of when you think of like the West Coast or like the East Coast, they're all there, uh, especially on the Canadian side of the border, because that's where Canada most of Canada's ports are. Yeah, I guess it's easy, especially back in the day, to ship things on the water. I will say, uh, photo reference or not, like I love the uh, he kind of owns it, which is what you're. He does. To do. he, he does this. You couldn't tell this is a photo reference. Unlike yeah. a certain car he drew once. Well, <laughs> well, it's. It, I'm just saying, like once. the cross hatching on the ship, like yeah. just so good, dude. Um, and again, it's just like the docks he owns and makes his. The stuff in the background, like the girders and shit, uh, it's yeah. very Larson. So it's it's kind of like the perspective of this is just so fucking good. And then Malcolm's wearing his Black Lives Matter shirt. Oh, it's so yeah. good, dude. The awesome thing about it too is he could have just drew, drawn drawn the scene in the city or something like that and it's just kind of a nice switch up of backgrounds you know yeah oh it's a great action scene like a fight on the docks like fuck yeah dude yeah like the like when bug gets punched into uh or insect whatever <laughs> insect gets punched into the hull of the ship and just makes that right sound. <laughs> is that so good dude it just like smacks her into that ship oh it's so fucking good I love the Wrath character. I think it's pretty, pretty cool yeah. with his like Omega Red type tentacle thing. I love his fucking exposed brain, dude. It's so awesome. It's so weird. Not very Malcolm, practical. Like, Malcolm like grabs him <laughs> almost by the brain and throws him. You know, <laughs> it's so good. He does some damage to Rogue Warrior when he hits him with his tentacle. He just kind of rips him open. Yeah, man. Like Jim said, it was kind of a <gasps> moment, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you were referencing. Sorry, yeah. I missed it. But he comes back. He pops Malcolm. He's yeah. okay. He's a tough, re- he's a very strong man. Oh, yeah. He's strong, weird, strong red man. It's great to see him. I mean, I guess we're jumping the gun a little bit. It's great to see someone jump the, like, uh, just go toe-to-toe with Malcolm. It, it's yeah. weird, though, that he, he looks so much like Dragon. With the mohawk. He always has, though, right? He has, and it's always just been kind of that thing. It isn't. There doesn't seem to be any reason for it. No, he's not a Krillian. It's just a mohawk. He just got... Well, it, <laughs> it, 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 is it even a mohawk? Because he also wears that like that helmet thing. It's is almost it, like a Centurion helmet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All these guys are great visuals. Uh, he's like... He reminds me of like the Gladiator yeah, from Marvel. exactly. It would be nice to know more about him. Hey, dude, I, is I he, is he just some bug. random Johnny Redbeard dude? Or insect or whatever. I mean, I get the feeling we're going to be learning more about him. He certainly seems to step up in this issue. Yeah, yeah. This is the second time Bugs got, like, popped in the head and, like, her head goes back. Insect. Insect, sorry. Insect. And her head pops back and it's hard to tell where her mouth is. Because she has <laughs> such a symmetrical head. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it, dude. I love, like, that design is so simple but so good. Yeah. Just it reminds circle. me of like she um, looks like a Cayman Rider. Exactly, that's exactly. What she I was looks like say. the original Cayman Rider from like 1960, whatever. Yeah, it's great. I'd like to see her powers though. She, is she like a, I, a wall I'm crawler? I'm pretty I think, sure I think he's shown that before. I bet she jumps. She's probably more grasshopper like. Yeah. I think uh, it's really awesome to see Malcolm's like super acrobatic. Like he's just flipping all around and throwing motherfuckers and stuff. It's so good. Yeah, that a lot of those cool panels. That, yes, that backflip he does over Rogue Warrior is pretty cool. Yes, yeah. dude. <laughs> is it Rogue Warrior? Shouldn't it be Rouge Warrior? 
<laughs> Rouge? No. Doesn't even sound cool. I feel like you've said that in the past. <laughs> Rouge is what you put on your face. It's makeup. Yeah. It's red. No. Rouge is red. I can't do it. Nope. No. I'm saying I associate it with makeup. Like, I just can't do it. L'Oreal Warrior. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. You know, Rouge the Bat. Uh as a Sonic fan, I know what you're saying. I appreciate no. that, but no, Rogue <laughs> Rogue Warrior is a badass. Um, what a delightful Maxine! It's just a good. I think there's a lot from. If you're a Maxine fan, there's just a lot of this, good Maxine. These legs are ridiculous. I love them. Smoke they are taller it. than her body. I is that normal? Love them. I love it. Um, do you know what they're not, Jim? Here's how you measure up. You just like take your finger and that take your finger and put it from the uh, like hip to the knee and then just move it up and knee goes from hip to shoulder blade. So your knee should go to the shoulder blade and then uh-huh. you take your same fingers and you go from knee to ankle and it measures off. Yeah, it, it looks long. They're long legs, but it all measures off proportionately. Fair enough. What, yep, because the thing you got to pay attention to is... Uh, her shirt, her her skirt comes up to the middle of her waist, but that's that would true. be all around her it's above belly, her belly button. button. Yeah, so yeah, it's that's probably what's throwing you off a little, but yeah, dude, it all measures off if you want to measure it off. Eric's not going to make that mistake. Maxine's look great recently. Yes, dude, the, and like I said, so many great Maxines in this uh, issue. I, th- I think Eric may be making a point to age her up a little tiny bit. I agree. I yeah. I would say that she's anybody, definitely looking a bit more housewife lately <laughs> that's a funny way to put it no dude definitely the braces are off like he's drawing her with like long legs and stuff like i think if you the longer hair helps yeah if if there was anybody who's like oh she's so little it's like no dude like malcolm's big she's not little malcolm's big you dumb fuck not much going on in this scene other than like you said uh craig we just get characterization uh, she's chatting up Angel, who is stuck at the border getting quarantined right. for COVID. So, I love this this next page. Yeah, this uh, is great. Paul Dragon, who I'm really enjoying. I was on the fence, but I'm enjoying like I don't know, getting this glimpse of you know this, some of this graphic fantasy. What could have been this so. other world. The fun thing about this, I will say that I appreciate, is that Paul keeps in the book the fact that the multiple Earths merged. Right. Like, it's not just something that everybody's like, eh, like it got introduced and then just forgotten. Like, for Paul, that's a big part of his life now, is trying to sort out, like, what's real and what's not. So it's a little thing, but if you notice, it's also, this isn't Paul Dragon, this is Flash Mercury Dragon. Yeah. Um, because this was early in his career when he was merged with a with a Johnson, William, William Johnson, Johnson. Yeah. and of course William Johnson was not Star in this in this universe. Star was somebody else, right? Uh, right. Do you know who he was? Is that known? Uh, they tell yeah. you. Was yeah, it, he said oh, it in the two fifty two. He's not Chris. Is it? Was it Chris Robinson? Yeah, he's like uh, didn't he says it in two fifty two. Oh cool. like, wait, I'm an idiot because Johnson took the Star in the Savage World after the fact. It would it would be it would be Chris. It would have to be. But the Bionic Man, Joseph Strange, like isn't that kind of cool? 
Like yeah. I was like, and then like I love the like subtle like difference where he's like, well, no, here I'm just a normal dude. I work on bionic parts. I help rebuild Super Patriot. Isn't that kind of neat? Yep. Yeah. He, just a, well, that means he must have been part of Project Born Again. I mean, just a little wrinkle. I love um, that unless detail. he means a, like his second rebuild after uh, after um, after Cyberface was taken care of. It could be. Uh, but but his character is pretty interesting because I mean I mean sorry Joseph Strange the Bionic Man because mm-hmm. he's because he, apparently well apparently but he uh, Eric described him as basically like a Bionic Man right. type of like play on which you know, obviously he's called the Bionic Man but you can clearly see there's a Luke Cage influence going on too <laughs> yeah the sweet Christmas the <laughs> headband data and like fro combo it's so seventies the Buccaneer boots. Love it, dude. I love his little look. It's funny, too. You can tell, like, Star's way more, like, you know, and, and holds Eric, up. Eric also said he did not actually remember what his color scheme was because, of course, all of his reference material burned up in a fire. Sure. Uh, so he kind of had to uh, workshop it backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it came out pretty good. Yellow's a good color. Oh, yeah, dude. It's great. And who knows? What's cool about this is that, like, he could meet this dude, and then it's like, well, that's just the end of Joseph Strange. Like, that's it. You never see him again. Or Joseph could be like, damn, dude, I was a hero. Like, I can kind of remember this stuff now. And he has, like, the knowledge to, like, make bionic parts. I don't know. It's neat. I think it, like, opens a door, or it could go nowhere. Well, I think what he alludes to, though, is that he exploded in the alternate reality somehow and he had he was rebuilt like a bionic yeah so he had he had a bit of like super patriots origin in him oh okay cool 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 it's great like you said craig i think this is really cool like paul's quest to like sort of like suss out like what is consistent with his world makes paul so much more interesting yeah and he's striking out yeah left and right yeah, he, he, yeah. I, I think it's because he's Paul and he's not Dragon. So he's Paul with Dragon's memories, whereas now he's, he's in a world where everyone has their memories and only some of like his world's memories. So he's going to have a hard time finding anybody who has a strong connection to his right. world. I'd, I'd love to learn more about Paul. Like, Was he like beamed into William Johnson's body when he was like... I think that's the gist of it. They they were merged and then they were separated. And when they were separated, he was green. Right. Well, was he a Krillin? Krillian that was merged into you know that was. I don't know. I just got a lot of questions. He was Fonte's champion, wasn't he? Wasn't that how it works? Like kind of like a Shazam thing. Could have been. And then I don't like think so. he he, he split him up. You remember that? Maybe I, I don't. I I think this is one of those things that this. Eric may have mentioned in the past, but I'm I'm vague on it to be honest. It would be nice to like, see. This is hmm. see if I was doing this. Uh oh, here we go. I would be having a lot of fun with it. I would be like writing up like 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 who's who in the DC universe or Marvel handbook like <laughs> style bios to throw in the back mm-hmm. of the issue, mm-hmm. just for this very purpose. Just to fuck with people. just to fuck with people. Just to say, <laughs> look at this fucking character. Look at all the history he had that you never saw. Right, right. <laughs> but that's well, me kinda, because, because I revel in that crap. But Eric likes to live in the now. Well, what's funny is we're kind of getting that with Paul. Like, Paul's like, yeah, man, dude, you were like me, you, and Star. And he's like, nah. So you're kind of getting, like, 
here's this dude with a past that really doesn't exist, or maybe it did, like maybe Eric like actually did these issues, but like you're kind of getting that in a little bit with like Paul's quest. Like I'd be desperate to write backups that are just about Paul and his history, but that's me. (laughs) (laughs) It's that you described it as desperate. (laughs) I just gotta, gotta write those Paul stories. All these stories that you, you, you could write an entire another comic book about Paul. You really could. But, That's what makes him but interesting. Eric did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he probably doesn't want to revisit it. He's done it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it, it makes Paul super interesting. Whereas if it was just Dragon, now there's there the highbrow spin off comic I want Paul Dragon. Dude, do you want to know what's funny? There are so many people that want Dragon back that if he did a Paul like, miniseries, like six issues or something, it would probably sell like fucking gangbusters. Because they, they wouldn't so? know what they were buying. Because they don't know what they're buying. They just see <laughs> Dragon and think. They just see Dragon and think, oh, man, original Dragon's back. I know I saw a lot of posts where people were like, oh, man, it's the main man. The main man's back. Classic. He drew his fin all wrong, though. <laughs> I like how he used to draw it better. <laughs> I like original fin better, but whatever. Nah, dude. Uh, I think that miniseries would sell like hotcakes. It'd be fun. How how hilarious is it that we get um, this scene with uh, you know Joseph Strange? You flip the page; it's just a splash of Malcolm <laughs> just getting knocked the f out, right? <laughs> and then it goes right into the Angel Frank Junior uh, scene. <laughs> it's great pacing. It's great pacing. Like, uh, I was talking when we started this, if you are not a longtime FinCast listener, um, Eric kind of does Dragon in different phases and modes and stuff, and one of the ways that he does Dragon is many irons in the fire, which is just basically lots of little plot threads. He's just juggling left and right like crazy, and it works so good. And this Malcolm fight, just being in the middle, like sandwiched in between, it's so good. Because it lets you know, yeah. while Paul's doing his little quest, Malcolm's getting his fucking you know ticket punch down at the docks. Right. I love uh, that Max, er, the, the angel, I love that angel kept her weight on for this scene. <laughs> I yeah. I didn't expect it. Oh, I guess she does have a bit of a chin there in the, like, the fourth panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's been eating. Or during lockdown. She needs to go punch some bad guys for a couple days. You gotta wonder how that uh, metabolism works. Inject yourself some dragon blood. Hit the freak out. Taken (laughs) care of. But but seriously, like legit, like here's a person with superhuman physiology. Is she gonna snap back once she gets out there and is kicking ass? I mean, it worked out for Barbaric and Ricochet. Yeah. Frank, uh, if you recall, dear listeners, uh, got a little dick tasty across the head during a protest. You know, he took a knee, and old Dick didn't like that. So he decided to pistol whip the uh, rookie cop in the old uh, cassava melon. And uh, we get to see the repercussions. When we left 252, we kind of thought Frank was maybe dead, potentially even. Mm. It's not the case. Well, Did you guys have any doubts? Well, I don't think he's out of the woods yet. He could, yeah, I, I think know. he's going to be walking around with a cane for the rest of his life or something. The rest of his life? I don't know. Head trauma day is crazy dangerous. You're right. You are correct. Any well, number gonna, of things could mess with him now. Could be a long road to recovery, too. 
Yeah, just give him some dragon blood. Yeah, that, that some- solved <laughs> most problems. <laughs> Fix him up. Freak out, which is illegal now. <laughs> little freak out, little dragon blood. Mm, perfect. No, I love everything about this page, fellas. I love Thicker Angel. Um, I love that he didn't shy away from that. I like Frank's little dazed sort of expression where he can't quite tell if it's Angel. Good stuff. And then, oh boy, someone definitely got their, uh, got clocked at the docks. Look at this man laid on his ass for the first time in his book. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? What the hell? How come I'm all wet? What happened? I love that Rogue Warrior did that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't accidentally kill them all? How did that work? I love, dude, the best. This is the one that sells it. Wait, did I lose? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is the scene where I think on Facebook Eric posted some pages where we were talking about earlier that he was going to have some fish guy kind of pull him out of the water and save him. Right. Right. Correct. But it just... uh, it took too much out of the issue to do that. So, um, just a weird little note, a page or a couple of pages that got tossed. Too much real estate, but worth looking up if you uh, have Eric on Facebook and Twitter too. If you have him on his social media, you can see the page. But instead, Ivan fished him out of the drink. Ivan, who has got that funny expression, dude. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he must be hella strong to drag Malcolm out of the water. Ah, he's in the water, Malcolm floats, you just gotta pull. Yeah, just pull. He's a big he's a big dude, but he, he still floats. Malcolm got his shit uh he got his shit clocked for an hour he was out. Think about that. <laughs> he was knocked the fuck out for an hour. That's pretty crazy for a chosen one. <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't think concussions bothered him too much. Did he that's that's Rogue Warrior. Maybe he, he fuck maybe it fucking died and it took him that long to come back. Dude, that's what's funny is you don't know. Like, he could have just brain damaged the shit out of him and just his brain was down there under the water working itself out. But Malcolm, the dialogue here, dude, talk about some delicious dialogue. Oh, baby. Two words. North Force. (laughs) North Force. Well, every country's got to have their alpha flight. I want to see North Force, don't you? I want to see North Force get murdered by the Seeker. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) There's got to be some kind of Captain Canuck type dude. Moose. Has to be, right? A moose man, a Mountie character. Sasquatch guy. A Sasquatch, (laughs) yes. Trouble with that is Alpha Flight's already done all that. I know. Well... Do Canadians have any kind of urban legends like we have, like uh, cryptids, like uh, Spring Hill Jack or the Mothman? I'm absolutely I sure mean, they probably do. Uh, Andrew Detremont, uh, please write in. Tell us what tell us what your cryptids are. I want to know this Canadian cryptids. Bago Milkman. <laughs> Bago Metric System. <laughs> Captain Metric System. Uh. Malcolm not only introduces the incredibly tantalizing North Force, but he gives you a little status quo on everybody. Uh, So he's alone in Canada, more or less, is the gist of it. But he lets us know that, uh, you know, uh, Johnson boys, widow girls, went back to America. And uh, Angel is down in, you know, America with Frank. It is kind of funny to me that Malcolm is now finding himself in a very similar situation that his dad did, was in. Early yeah. on in Dragon, uh, the whole reason they put together Freak Force 
is because he was outnumbered significantly. Right. So maybe Malcolm's going to put together a team. North Force. Just call his buds from Freak Force. SOS Montreal. Do you do you love or do you completely love that Malcolm name dropped Youngblood? Uh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it's cool. That's great. I like it. I love it. I love it that Eric was just like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I'm saying Youngblood. <laughs> For listeners, uh, Liefeld lost Youngblood. So, uh, you know, you would assume it would be safe to assume that they would just be sort of, you know, quietly forgotten. Nope. Malcolm's like, yo, get the SOS or young blood. <laughs> like, that's so good, dude. Uh, didn't what did say there's like, is he, is he exaggerating? He says there's 150 members. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like, is that an exaggeration or are they that many vicious circle goons? Well, whatever it is, it's a lot. I think he's exaggerating, but still busfuls. Like, buses hold a lot of people. Weren't there several buses that came up? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I think 150 could be legit. Um, how, however, uh, probably not that however much. many is too many. At least listed. He's just one man, guys. You know, Maxine's uh, really rude. She's not rude, she's funny, dude. I'm, I'm really kind of annoyed with her. This is inappropriate. Have some the, tact. The kids don't know what they're hearing, dude. I don't know. Of... Amy is, like I said, talks in complete sentences and can talk down a tiger. I'm pretty sure she knows what she's saying. She doesn't know what porn is. You wouldn't have known. I mean, you don't, she's know, never what, se- you don't know what I knew. <laughs> did you know? I did, actually, but I'm just saying, did you? Uh, not really. All right. Yeah, I had, a, I had a shitty older sister. I saw some stuff I shouldn't have seen. <laughs> but uh, it's all making sense. It's all it's all coming together. I think her dialogue is funny. It's it's definitely rude, but it's kind of funny because she. It's an interesting dynamic that I didn't think of, where she's sort of saying like, "I don't feel bad about what I've done because of what you did." Yeah. I just think that's fun an interesting dynamic because and of course obviously we see it leads to sparks later, but like uh you know, you gotta think poor old Maxine had that like whole thing it drove her to being an alcoholic. Like her viral video and then here her damn mom goes and releases a porn, it probably does feel like a load off her shoulders, you know what I'm saying? It's just strange. It says nobody can, nobody can, uh, you know, she, there's nothing that they can say to her because she didn't intentionally release a porno like they did. By the way, according to the Savage Dragon wiki, it's wikisavagedragon.com, uh, there are roughly 85 current members of the Vicious Circle that we know about. So Malcolm, totally exaggerating. It's still a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Could be more, not not. That haven't been drawn on the page, but just saying. I don't think Malcolm's sitting there counting everyone. <laughs> Probably feels like 150. He's getting the shit beat him. He's like one, two. It's got to be a crazy thing, right? You're Malcolm Dragon and 150 of like 
villains that hate your father (laughs) coming over the border and moving into your town. Right. (laughs) Like, he knows Rogue Warrior fought his dad. (laughs) You know what I mean? And Rogue Warrior alone just pretty much busted his ass. Right. (laughs) It's good, dude. Uh, We get this weird scene where Malcolm's getting interviewed. Kind of a classic dragon thing to get interviewed by the press. Because never forget, Dragon, Malcolm, they're celebrities. Yeah. I, th- I think it makes sense. Like, uh, they're just sort of like talking to him about current events, really. Like, the alien ban is gone in America. So, they're like, it, it's the logical question. Like, we asked ourselves, we were like, well, you know, is he going to go back to America now? And like... Yeah, they remind us he's a dual citizen, so... Well, Canada. America doesn't acknowledge dual citizenship. I don't know if Canada does, too. Uh, let me look that up. Isn't he there kind like of that. as a refugee, though, anyway? Like, Frank, uh, who was it that made the arrangements for him to go up north? Was it the captain? Uh, yeah. Well, he, he kind of dumped him at the border and said, go. Yeah. It's not like he set it up. Canada kind of just accepted him because they kind of needed a superhero. Hmm. All right. Did you guys notice little Billy Batson with his Shazam uh, face mask? Bros, he's in the press. Now, isn't that great? Yeah. Boy reporter. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. We know old old man Dr. Savannah's out there somewhere. <laughs> Could Shazam be far behind? How funny is the argument Dude's great. I think that shit is so funny. I like the, uh, uh, you know, again, it's kind of interesting. Like, I get that Maxine is kind of being a little bit rude, you know, grabbing their genitals and like sort of mocking them for what they did or whatever. But like, you do get that sort of like Maxine's just giving her a little bit of a warning. Like, yo, look, like you have no idea what happened like, you can't go back. <laughs> like, I hope you're ready. And her mom's just like, dude, we needed money. Like, you know, we're not going to let our, our kids starve. Right. So it's it's just interesting dynamics. Like, uh, it also sets up potential consequences, you know, like what's going to happen to him. And then we get to see the absolute best. <laughs> the, Good old Walter. The best birthday party ever. <laughs> A tiger ride. Little Julia. So cute, dude. I love the the full figure of uh, Malcolm walking in the door. It's a great shot. Oh, yeah. Great use of those, like, huge vertical panels. I like their all... All their reactions are pretty much... They're just shocked. (laughs) At Walter. Stop! Please stop! It's like... He's just giving them a ride, dude. It's no big deal. That's just a giant tiger in their bedroom. <laughs> He's wearing clothes. <laughs> so if there was some strange guy in your bedroom wearing clothes, you'd be okay with it? I mean, if he was a tiger man, I'd be super into it. <laughs> I'd be like, tiger man. I bet you would. I would, dude. I'd be like, tiger man, we got to get some pizza. It's cool. I'm only like three years old. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, faster pussycat kill kill yeah uh, uh? was it Russ Myers that's it yeah classic 
A little wink, wink, nudge, nudge for the uh, cinema savvy amongst you finheads. And then the, the last page where you get a little dialogue between Rogue Warrior and Dart, which is kind of cool. Dart putting him back in his place. Great faces, too. Like, yeah. Just great faces here. Great, like, profile shot of Rogue Warrior. Just like Rogue Warrior's little, like, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind a few of those benefits. Like, he's so scuzzy, dude. It's great. I do like he kind of jumped straight to the fact that he can rip her in half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's a cool moment because Dart doesn't, like, even sweat it, dude. She's like, nah, I'm tougher than I look, and the whole circle come down on you, dude. You don't want to do that. I don't know. I don't think the circle's that. Um, I mean, in the past, the circle's been pretty much ruled by survival of the fittest. Like, whoever survives is the boss. They respect Dart, dude, clearly. Yeah, lead by fear, like Overlord. Dart is vicious. I mean, I guess... She had, she, she had a room full of heads. Yeah, but she also had the God Sword. It was a different time. When you don't have the God Sword, you're not as quite as deadly. But she's got some loyal troops now, I guess. Maybe. I mean, everyone... She's cunning. She's. Smart. I still don't think that the vicious circle has a lot of like individual loyalty. It's all about just who's who's uh, who's got the best deal at the moment. Right. I mean, look at Rogue Warrior, dude. All it took was a promise and some tail, and he rolled over. It's true. <laughs> what do, What do you guys think was in the shipment? Well, that's what's interesting. Was it just a little heist, or was it like, you know, part of a greater scheme? It seems like they make a point to like talk about you know. I intercepted the shipment as you commanded. You know, there's, I don't know. I, I feel like there's something. I mean, to it, it. might've been a chance to like, um, bop Malcolm. Could have been weapons. Could have been like freak out. Cause freak out's not illegal in Canada that we know of. Is it? Oh, I shouldn't have sure. asked that. Yeah, it probably is. Isn't it? It's always freak out. It's always they just get they get freak out, but yeah, yeah, I am uh, Craig. Absolutely, I'm interested in what was that just a heist for like money or like what the hell was in the shipment? Right. Dart comes off as a better leader than I think I've seen her. She's like every member has a place and a purpose, and I'm like, dude, that's kind of like she's got something going on. You know what I mean? Well, she has to. Like I said, she if she doesn't have the God Sword to rule by fear, she's got to kind of rule by effectiveness. Right, right. So she has to like acquiesce to these egos instead of just chopping their heads off. I wonder how many vicious circle members Dart's boning. Do you think Dart needs like a new identity? Now, what do you a, mean? Now that there's a second Dart running around. Maybe Allison kind of needs her own thing. I wouldn't imagine that this Dart would change her shtick. But remember when we said poison dart? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah, like put her in like a black version of the costume, or ooh, black. Can you imagine Dart's costume black? Kinda. Fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind a new identity, but also too, I don't know that she would change. Like, maybe she'd just like rough up the other Dart. You know, like force her to change. Like, I'm the one true Dart. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think you guys, there was a really well-written letter in the letters page. The first question of that well-written letter. I think it was the same no, letter. No, I know what you mean, and that is a terrible letter. <laughs> I think that's one of the worst letters I've ever seen in the columns. Terrible. Full of typos. Was it, 
some pretty good. There are some typos in there. <laughs> it definitely some, had some good. Some cheesesteak eating magoo. <laughs> no, Craig actually touches upon this right in the letters column. It's fucking awesome. I, I was like, Craig Olson, what? <laughs> yeah, you actually talk about the uh, darts. And Eric has an answer for that. He's like, nah, dude. It's like Linda Carter and uh, Gal Gadot. How's it Gal Gadot? My question was, wouldn't people get him confused? Because you got an evil one and a good one. And he's and if you're like, like my thought was, if you're a good one, why would you even want to like dress up like the evil one? Right. Because she's so fucking horrible. Right. And he was like, nah, they just dress different, or they look different. He's like, they're drawn similar, but they look different. Yeah, people in the world know. I'm kind of with you, Craig. I feel like you wouldn't want to dress like a villain. Like, imagine, okay, imagine if a real superpower dude came down to Earth and started, like, dressing like Superman, was just, like, fucking murdering people all the time. Like, almost overnight, everybody would just destroy all their Superman shit. People would be like, throw it in the fire. Like, they would hate it, you know what I mean? You could definitely still use your dark powers and not dress the same way. Right. But, uh, what do I know? <laughs> you know what, Craig? The best answer ever, though, is when you ask about Blossom and Dumpling getting crap on everything. Dude, the answer is great. He's like, they don't smell like fresh human excrement so much <laughs> as they do like cow manure. It's not odor free, but it's not overwhelming. <laughs> that is. It's like, there's some thought put into that. That is funny. As fuck. <laughs> I l- it's not fresh crap. It's just kind of like crap that's been out on your lawn for a, a week. Fertilizer smells terrible anyway, though, dude. Can you imagine riding in a van to Canada with fertilizer? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I grew up smelling silage every spring. It's, it's you get used to it. It's parts of Pennsylvania that just like mushroom farms and just smells like oh. hot shit. Oh, they grow in the manure. Manure. I hate manure. So we need to, we got to talk about this Vanguard story, or rather the Ethereal Warriors backup. You know what? It's okay to call it a Vanguard story because he, the, our man, steals the show, baby. Um. So, just real quick, this is a basically Vanguard is giving a. Uh, presentation back to his people on his homeworld about mm-hmm. the status of his uh, his uh, his um, mission, mission on, on Earth, and he's talking about all the Earth's like protectors and defenders. Mm-hmm. In fact, we uh, see uh, we see uh, Dragon and Freak Force and the Wildcats and Youngblood and Spawn and Wildstar and Pit and Union. Yeah, and uh, is Mark-Tex is this guy with a stick? Is he from um, uh, Fan? Union. Oh, he's from Union. Oh, it is Union. I think that's his name, Union. Yeah, Union. He had his own comic. Oh, I meant the I meant the I meant the old guy with the stick on the lower. Oh, that's a Liefeld character. He's like Brigade. Oh, I thought he was like for that Phantom. That was that Phantom, uh, not Phantom Force or Phantom Force. The Kirby thing. Nope, it's definitely Youngblood for sure. And then there's Supreme, uh, and so and everyone knows. And apparently the uh, Striker. What are they called? Uh, Their homeworld is. Calyptus, the Calyptians, they know yeah. who Supreme yep. is. Yep. Very frightening. Yeah, they're like, Supreme! Oh, shit! Because <laughs> Supreme, uh, I guess, was in space for a long time, so he must have made some rumblings. Yep. 
Remember, he shows up and fights Vanguard in issue one of Vanguard. He remembers. Throws him in jail. Uh, but then it kind of turns out that this was like a delayed message that Vanguard sent via like messenger like signal and like it's it's kind of a neat effect because it's um they basically have like this dummy robot they project a hologram over so it's like yeah. Vanguard standing in the room giving his report yeah. but really he's on Earth on a date. It is a holodrone and it is a cool idea. Uh so, yeah, the date's pretty fun, because Roxanne's a great character. Uh, of course, you get Roxanne and Vanguard smooshing, mm-hmm. which is uh, fun for them. And they're in Paris. So, Vanguard gets called away by Wally, uh, mm-hmm. because Modem escaped. Remember Modem? Oh, yeah. We covered that in the retro review. She got put in a satellite, like, beyond the moon. Mm-hmm. And I guess... Trapped in her, like, electrical form. Yeah. But apparently she's escaped, and Wally and uh, Vanguard rush out to stop her. Uh, but they leave Roxanne behind in uh, in Paris, <laughs> and uh, with no money, no passport, yeah. she can't speak French. Right. Not ideal. Um, I'm gonna give uh, Frank some praise all over the place uh, for this. Uh, good Lord, I know this is older work, but it doesn't matter. Uh, this is solid as a rock. Um, Roxanne holding on to Vanguard's one big finger. <laughs> Yeah. is fucking awesome and uh, like van licking his lips and like just again the the poses he's licking you know. her, his lips and her lipstick shined mm-hmm. the kiss is a great pan yeah i mean um the thing that's tricky with vanguard and we've and i've said it before i know we've talked about it before is he's he's still he's not an ugly guy he looks he could be drawn super ugly and we've seen i mean that i mean he's got no nose he's got a bat nose right so it's hard to make him. He's he's kind of handsome in a way. It, it's it's a weird line. Well, it it, so it helps that he's massive and ripped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you want to know it's funny, bros? Uh, I don't even care. Know if you're fans of the show, but like, if you do know, this is extra funny. Steven Universe has fucking Vanguard nose. That's true. Like <laughs> just yeah. like chopped off, like just yeah. <laughs> like just two nostrils. Uh, I mean sorry. that's that's just cartooning. I, I mean I believe Vanguard literally has no nose. Yeah, yeah, he's got a Voldemort situation. Yeah, he's like a Batman. But Craig's right. Like Frank does a good job where like Vanguard doesn't look like hideous. He he kind of has a handsome look to him. He's just an alien. That's all. And they do you know they play with it because if you look on the previous page when he's given the presentation, he's got like a little nose nub. Right, just a little tiny right. one. He actually looks the most handsome in that top, uh, top, right hand panel. It's because he's got where he's holding his helmet. His helmet. He's yeah, he does have Superman yeah. hair. You're exactly right. It's the Superman hair. Well, dashing. That's what he's supposed to be, Superman. If he was really an right. Alien. But I love the salute. Like that's just a great pose. Like with you know his like arm, the salute, holding the little helmet. Like it's just so cool. Like Frank did such a yeah. fucking great job. That's that's the cool thing about the Vanguard characters, the giant boots and the giant hands. Mm-hmm. Like it makes the character. It really does. Yeah, it sells it. And the speedo. Yeah. 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 He's a kind of a bizarre design. I love. You it. know what? Here's the thing: is it's a test of a good artist or not? 
Like, you know, a bad artist can't draw Superman well because they can't rock it, but a good artist can make Superman look awesome. It's the same thing with Vanguard. Vanguard has a great design. If you're a good artist, you can make that design look good. Here, Frank makes this design sing. But we've seen shitty artists do a bad job with Vanguard. We've seen good artists that just can't do it too. Yeah. Oh, agree. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely killer. And I think Frank nails some of that, like, Liefeld cross-hatching, like, uh, on the little, like, uh, you know, extreme characters. It's just good, dude. Just a great backup. Yeah, I'm I'm loving seeing it in color and, and revisiting it because it's been a while since I read the original material, so it's almost like reading it for the first time. This, for me, is new, and i got to say I've loved every minute of it. If the, the the cool thing is like you look at the the pay, the splash with um well, it's not really a splash but the panel with all the the freak force characters and stuff mm-hmm. and it looks so much better in color than in the black and white issue because you can see so much more with the color you know sure the black and white I'm pretty sure it's like pure black and white there's not even like gradients I don't think. oh I could be wrong not even like gray I could be wrong I could be wrong but I don't think so to look at it again but yeah it, it definitely like looks so much better in color and it's cool because like this it really sells the the colors really sold the uh, holograms yeah yeah it's similar to urban legends mm-hmm. where you get a better feel for holograms or him phasing in and out when he teleports i said the colors but of course it's nikos just absolutely fucking killing it yeah Yep. So good, dude. Yeah, this backup is fucking TNT. From the date to the presentation, like everything about this is good. Um, <laughs> here's a flip cover for you, Jim. What do you think about this dragon flip look at cover? The, look at that grinning face. <laughs> look at that great looking fin front on. It doesn't look like a flip over. <laughs> What's funny is, so I actually got to see this flip cover in the comic shop sitting on the shelf and as funny as it seems just to have this like old ass the dragon logo and you know paul just grinning at you like a psychopath <laughs> it, it is uh it's still catchy it's still eye-catching when can it's you, sitting on the shelf can you just imagine a six issue miniseries with that logo on every issue <laughs> that logo jim yes i can Oof. Hey, it, I will say this. Spooky. I don't. <laughs> it does have spooky. <laughs> I, I was gonna say it's so funny you said that, dude. Look at the Walking Dead's logo. It's it's got that sort of rough like look to it, you know. Yeah. The dragon. Look at that A. Oof. Yeah, man. Beautiful. <laughs> spooky. <laughs> wow. Well. Hell of an issue, fellas. I mean, uh, give give me a feeling. What are you feeling on it overall? Like strong, good. It is a solid issue. It is an ideal, ideal issue of Savage Dragon. I'm going to say that to me, it felt strong as hell. I think that getting to see the vicious circle uh, shine, you know, getting to see all those great designs, including a lot of Malcolm era guys. We got a great mix of classic 
Vicious Circle goons. We got a great mix of Malcolm era uh, like enemies. You know, we're always criticizing Malcolm for not having recurring enemies. Dude, they they were in this issue. And uh, yeah. I think that you had interesting dynamics in, like introduced with uh, Maxine and her relationship with her mom. I think you had uh, an interesting character introduced in terms of Walter. Uh, I think that you got to see Malcolm put on his ass and put in a hard place. You know, he's alone in Canada. Uh, I think it had a dynamic change. Angel kind of acts like she's going to be in America going forward. She's like, I'm not leaving your side. And Frank's got a head injury and he's stuck in bed. Like you guys said, the road to recovery. I just think a lot of stuff happened in this issue. And the backup was good. So for me, I'm feeling as strong, as strong as hell. We've had so many strong issues yeah. lately. Yeah. You know, big issues. I'm trying to think what the last issue I really didn't like was. And I think I gotta go all the way back to fucking uh, All God in the fucking planes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. That's pretty It was a while back. now. That's a long time, yeah. Uh, there have been some that have been a little more missed, but I just feel like... I feel like you can feel it when Eric's excited about certain plots or storylines. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like the book's a, even more reinvigorated with uh, the kids kind of growing up a little more on their own uh, with the Vicious Circle, you know, versus Malcolm, Paul Dragon in the book. Um, I feel with these new panel layouts have kind of brought in a, a breath of fresh air. Oh, yeah. Kind of into the book um i just feel like his art has been top notch lately like i mean he's always great but just feel like it sings lately i feel like the, like uh the coloring and the lettering you know i feel like this book is in a good place right now oh yeah it's 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 in t- tip-top form you know agree um i'm really happy that you know every issue i'm i'm super stoked on um it's just fun. I think after reading this and, and listening to you, Raven, at first I was going to say, oh, this is good kind of like bridge issue to kind of like build up the storyline after we had the cartoonist, you know, uh, a special issue. And after, you know, the anniversary issue, mm-hmm. we're kind of building back up again. But I also feel like, like you said, a lot has happened here yeah. with Malcolm really getting knocked on his ass. Uh, we don't know what's in that shipment. Could that be start of a new plot point? Sure. Um, Rogue Warrior back, uh, you know, uh, Walter introduced, um, just, just a lot, you know, uh, Paul Dragon still on his quest. We, I, I'm just having a lot of fun with it. We say it, uh, often, you know, it's a phrase we say on the show, but, uh, quite a good bit, but it's just true. It's, it's never not true. More happens in a single issue of Savage Dragon than like a year of plots in another <laughs> in a in a corporate comic you know yeah yeah and you know i'm super excited seeing these preview covers come out like i think we're you know the next three issues there's gonna be a lot happening it seems like i feel like you know there's gonna be more of this vicious circle battle mm-hmm. there could be the introduction of possibly mako or somebody that's gonna be big with that, that cover with all the teeth mm-hmm. uh there's gonna be more with paul dragon you know, maybe looking for uh, Jennifer or Sue is what he calls it. Right. But, um, 
there's a lot to be kind of excited. There's a lot of plot points out there that are kind of going to be coming to fruition. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's it's absolutely uh, exciting. I, I really can't wait to see what happens, like, or where things go next. You know, and one last thing also is, like you said, the Vanguard serial that's going to be in the book for you know a bunch of issues so we'll always have that you know we'll have that to look forward sure. to for the next bunch of issues yeah. and, and it's always good when you have a, a great dragon centric related backup series mm-hmm. and it's been strong as hell and it's Frank Fosco yeah. which is always great yeah so there it is fantastic um, I think it's time we talk about Savage Dragon 254 <laughs> I'm sorry, Craig. <laughs> I ruined it. Up. I ruined it. The Vicious Circle Triumphant. Malcolm Dragon is overwhelmed by the superior firepower of the newly assembled and fully operational Vicious Circle. A dark cloud falls over the city of Toronto. Meanwhile, Paul Dragon tries to put together the pieces of his shattered past. Comes with our highest possible recommendation course it does and the cover is a uh, awesome picture of uh malcolm just taking a spin through the air he's just getting getting his shit rocked by somebody so we now know probably rogue warrior but <laughs> could be could be dark could, be, could anyone, be anybody any of those 150 vicious circle characters right could be something in those uh in that shipment that powers up fountainhead and our boy Fountainhead finally gets actual face lasers. Maybe he just trips. <laughs> could could be that too, you know? Oh my goodness. Face lasers. <laughs> I no more Fountainhead. You will call me face laser. Taser face. Um Awesome, awesome show, fellas. Absolutely fucking fantastic. So fun. Always love talking dragon with you. I could do it for another hundred fin casts. Easy. See you in another ten years. I'll be seventy-five. No way. No I was way like, there's no right. way. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what in the hell do you eat? You look great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Think about the next ten years, dude. No, I refuse. It'll be PlayStation like nine. Yeah, that's how I mark. It'll my- be Red Red Dawn. <laughs> I'll be a member of the Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, the making bootleg Savage Dragon comics. The president will be Kid Rock. I predict it. Uh, Canadians will finally stop worshiping the Queen. <laughs> they'll start worshipping Prince Harry instead it's exciting it is I think we should wrap this yep, up let's do it we're, we're going yep. off we're in the weeds <laughs> thank you fellas off the rails thank you thanks for listening have a good one <laughs>